Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live from Mirage. It's up, Queens! What do you say there, bottle of A bar in a garage. Uh, garage with apple juice and dick in the morning. Mike and Yonkers, what's up, Mike? I'm laughing at you, not with you. Now that's the time. It's Friday night and I'm in Queens. Goddamn right. Thank God. Live from the garage. It's Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones. I'm packing my pistol. I do quite well for myself. They call it a barrage. Who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Take two of these and call me in the evening. Holy shit, James. Zoot to Charlie. Rusty Beard. Fucking Fireball. Sir. Listen to Live from the Garage. Don't listen to yes. I once farted at the beginning of Master of Pups. Yo, Kev. I only come out at night. Time to six. Go punks yourself. My oozy of ooze. Nobody wants ooze. anything to ooze. You can tell by the way that I wear my um, pants. Saturday Night Fever. Man, no time to practice. Let's that's do the news. That's the news. And that's the news. <laughs> you wrong Tron, bro. <laughs> Correct Tron, bro. Oh. The Ryan game. Let's move on with the game. Thunderbolt. Tilt the Swinton, Dan. It's all day. My drawings. Ah, yes. <laughs> I just watched that, Ryan. Welcome back to Live from the Bar. I just watched a 30 for 30 on uh, Mike and the Mad Dog the other day. Oh, you seen it? I haven't seen it You yet. haven't seen it? Yeah, it's no. pretty good. I kind of forgot about it, actually. We're back live from the Barrage here on Radio Nope. Thank you for tuning in very much. Thank you to Brian Musikoff and his tremendous show, No More Music by the Suckers. Which uh, has preempted uh, preemptive strike, preemptive strike, strike. and uh, that's Tree's show, which is now being taken over by Brad, which has since been taken over by Brian Musikoff for this day. And uh, nice job, I assume, there, Brian. Thank you very much. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Brad's right. MC Light and Milk from uh, uh, the Audio Two do have the same voice, kind of. Very interesting. Hmm. Thanks for coming back and joining us on Radio Nope. I never noticed that. Uh, we have a big show today. Exciting show. It's huge. I, I didn't realize how big. Me. Yeah, it's big, man. You read up on Coach Dan Gable? Did I read up on him? I did. I, I had off today. <laughs> yeah. I took off today. Oh, you, went, you went to visit him and, get, and interviewed him in I, his home? I sit down at the computer to uh, start doing some research on him. I fucking watched a documentary, which was an hour <laughs> long on the guy. Nice. Nice. So I'm ready. Who made that documentary? Do you know? Sports, uh, sports Illustrated? Not Sports Center. Um, sports ESP, Illustrated. ESPN. It was on Sports Century, I think ah, it was called. They, ESPN Sports Century. So it, it wasn't just a clip from the news. I mean, they specifically make documentaries uh, on this particular program about legendary uh, sports figures, and he's good enough. By the way, Brad will be back next week on his hip-hop show immediately preceding ours at 7 p.m. Eastern. He's, uh, Dan, people don't realize what a big of a deal. Like People in, on the East Coast maybe don't realize what a big of a deal Dan is. Yeah. Um, Coach Dan Gable. If uh, By the way, if anyone uh, – it's only me and Ryan here right now, but we should lay down some ground rules. Uh, Coach Gable will be addressed uh, – these are my rules, by the way, not his. I haven't talked to him yet. We'll see what he says. Hit me. If anyone calls him Dan, they're fired. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be addressed as Coach Gable, Coach, or Mister Gable. I think those are the three ways you can uh, you can address him. How about the Gabe? I don't think that I will fire you. That's right. unacceptable. This is a real man calling in, a gentleman. So, um, Coach Dan Gable is a legend in uh, in sports. He's didn't Sports Illustrated call him like the greatest guy in history of the world? 
The greatest guy ever. Dan History Gable. of the world. Dan Gable is an Olympic wrestler. He's a gold medal winner. He's a 15-time NCAA champion as a coach in, at the University of Iowa. He's a three-time ch champion himself. His right. record is unimpeachable. It's, I think he lost one match his right. entire t uh, college eight career. How do you how do you pronounce it? Collegiate. Collegiate. Career, college eight. College I eight. <laughs> eight. College eight. College I eight. College eight. My God, I'm such an <laughs> idiot. So we'll be and talking to him. He's got a new book out called A Wrestling Life 2. So that's the uh, the next one after A Wrestling Life. One. One. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's got three statues in Iowa dedicated that's, to him. How that's do you, insane. i got to ask, Coach, how you stay humble when you have three bronze statues erected in your honor in, in, in your city, <laughs> in your state. Are they all right next to each other? <laughs> They're all right next to each other. They're one on top of the other. And they're identical. <laughs> they're identical. <laughs> it was an overrun. <laughs> so we'll ask Dan that, uh, Coach that, and, and a million other questions I have for uh, Mr. Gable. It's going to be ex an exciting, exciting show. We have a lot of listeners who are, uh, well, a few listeners who are wrestling fans who are like, holy cow, I can't believe you're having Dan Gable on. This is unbelievable. And uh, they have questions for him, and it's, that's, it's, that's what uh, that's what piqued my curiosity when I started seeing all these people responding on the live from the Barrage Facebook page, saying, "Oh my God, I can't believe he's going to be on tonight, yeah, and, or this week, or whatever." And and uh, I don't want to say I've never heard of him, but uh, it just doesn't really come up much in conversation uh, yeah. around here, as you were mentioning. I think if you're not, you know, so much into wrestling or. Uh, college sports that that's something that could i guess fly under your radar but mm -hmm. it's not flying under the radar of the state of iowa who this this man you know i don't know why he doesn't run for uh, governor or something i think he did ha oh i do know why he doesn't run for governor i'll tell you i don't know if i forget if i read it in the book or if i read it online or something he uh somebody wanted to run for governor they call him into the, i think this is during a uh, uh, the younger george bush no maybe i don't know yeah probably and they call, they call him to the White House. He sits down with Carl Rove. Remember Carl, Carl Rove? I do. This jerk. <laughs> kind of rings a bell. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so anyway, he, call, he calls him in, and Carl Rove, in essence, tells him, well, you're going to have to do what we say. And he was like, I'm out. Later, <laughs> later for that. See you later. And he burned the White House down and uh, threw Carl Rove to the moon. <laughs> right. That's what happens. <laughs> and he yelled, freedom! Yeah, he's, that's what a, that, this is a real man. None of this, this uh, pussy footing around no. like we're doing on the internet enough, and on this radio yes show. Men in this country. Worrying about everybody's feelings. Coach Dan's going to come and set you straight and throw you down on the ground. Dude, give me 20. So, yeah, uh, Mrs. Collison was actually telling me that one of her coworkers uh, knew immediately who she asked uh, her coworker, yeah. do, you know who, uh, do you know who Dan Gable is, Coach Dan Gable? And Absolutely. I read his book, she said. My son is a high school and college uh, wrestler. I'm in the middle of the book. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it changes my life in a self-help kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> if you need somebody to wrestle, I'm your man. So. He's got a lot of advice. <clears throat> I'm wrestling with a lot of problems right now. Mm. So I need some life advice. Do Pat, think, do you think he has the answer? Maybe you can put the book down and... Uh... Just uh, find out everything tonight. Oh, I'm going to ask him. <laughs> the hell am I doing? How do I clean this thing up? How do I how do I streamline this life of mine? That's what I want to know. And hopefully, you know, th I have an incredible opportunity here to be coached by the ultimate coach tonight. That's right. So I got to well, ask him, like, you know, if 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 he was my coach, 
what would he what advice would he give me? I, that's that's you know people pay tens of thousands of dollars to hear people speak. Well, you who know things quite like quite possibly like, could have taken a big step already. That's right. Now you gotta put that uh, that smoking glowing thing down for forever, like <laughs> I did. These old uh, what, these old uh, what do you call what are the the uh, beatniks used to call cigarettes? Oh, uh, like kick sticks. Kick these sticks. old kick sticks. <laughs> Never. Come on, Daddy O. Like what they used. I like what they called uh, weed. They called it uh, jazz cigarettes. Jazz cigarettes, <laughs> man. You're on a one way. If you don't know that, you're on a you get a one way ticket to Squaresville, my friend. <laughs> Hey, you a cop? <laughs> so we'll be talking to Dan at nine the nine p.m. Eastern hour. So if you're in the Midwest, uh, do the math. I'm not here to to uh, help you. That's <laughs> maybe perhaps you should read Coach Dan Gable's book, and you would know how to subtract one hour, two hours, three hours, that sort of thing. Get your life together for God's sake. Thank That's you. Right. Or just move to New York. Oh, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this interview. Pat's not coming in today. He uh, what did he say? He's uh, suffering from an ailment. He's sick. He's ill. Yes. So there's no Patrick Walsh. Ryan's here with me now. Mario will be stumbling in. Uh, Tommy Rockstar, I assume the same. And, uh, of course, Traveling Pete will be here. The whole gang, except for Pat. All in the 8 o'clock hour. All in the 8 o'clock hour, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the 30 for 30 on, on Mike Francis, Mike and the Mad Dog was, was, was good. I liked it. It's worth a watch, Ryan. You should definitely check it out. Is it was was it eye opening in any way? Did you um, learn anything? Yeah, I learned a couple things. I took uh, I took three things from it. I wrote them down. <laughs> <laughs> um, Susan Waldman, who is the Yankees announcer, uh, play by well, she does the caller, the color commentary. Yeah. John Sterling does the play by play. John Sterling is the guy who who goes like this on the radio. Uh, it is high. Mm, it is far. It is far. It's. God, a home run, Matsui. Like, and he does every game. He never calls uh, in sick. And he Yankees wa- win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yankees win. That's his like call line. It's just, just like <laughs> it's just saying the Yankees win. But anyway, he doesn't let Susan Wald- Waldman do the do the play by play. He's the only guy. He never calls in sick. He's, you know, he's annoying. But anyway, she's the she's no bargain either. Who? She's no bargain either. You should see my co-host. She's, you know, she's awful, and the Yankees are awful. But she's on the. I hate to comment on her looks too much because it's kind of mean. But her face is like red, and right. her neck is like white. Like her, her head is completely two toned. I don't know what's going on there. If the, these uh, ESPN people get a bit, need to do a better job on the but makeup, yeah, it's probably with the powder or something like that. I'm thinking. I don't know, man. What a mess. Anyway, Mike and the Mad Dog. Uh, they keep showing Mike Francesca. Mike Francesa in the front seat of a car that he's getting. He gets driven to the studio in like an SUV or something, I imagine. And he doesn't wear his seatbelt in the front seat. What do you think of that? I don't like it. Passenger seat. He's in the the death seat. I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, but I don't wish him any harm. No seatbelt. What does he think? It's the 70s? (laughs) Fly right through the windshield. (laughs) (laughs) I have tape. Here he is is, uh, flying through the windshield. Mike and Yonkers, you're on the field. <laughs> they show clips of Francesa Con, which, of course, all these wise-ass, like, bro dudes get together and do this Francesa thing. Right. He they shows all up. dress like him, right? <clears throat> he shows up, and, and then uh, he brought <clears throat> Mad Dog with him. They do a show on, the, on, the, on stage. It was, it was all right. It's fun to watch the fighting and, like, how when they first started out, they hated each other. They were thrown together. They didn't want to be together. Each guy wanted their own show. And they were just, like, tossed together. They never even did a practice show the first day on the air. So they were, like, you know. 
It was pretty funny. Right. Whatever they whatever they broadcast that day was all very preliminary. Yeah, and I was right, by the way, when I read that the, the, they broke up because of this plane thing, pretty much, where Francesca refused to fly, uh, not you know, anything but first class after they had been delayed for hours. And then my, my mad dog's like, "We gotta get on this plane!" I can't. And he's like, "No, I'm not getting on. It's not first class." And that, he was like, "F this guy." That's what did it. That's what guessed. did it here. They, well, there's many factors. They also were they weren't talk. They didn't talk for months after. Uh, <laughs> uh, Francesco was off for a while, right? He had to, he was on vacation or something. Yeah. Or he was sick or something. So Mad Dog edits the theme song <laughs> to just say Mad Dog, <laughs> and he's there by himself. And they didn't talk for months. They did the show and just looked down at the desk. Let me see if I could find this terrible theme song. I meant to cue it up, but I I fell asleep after work like a total jadrul again. Today? Yeah. Uh, I needed to, man. I can't do it. I got a nap. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I wonder if Dan, Coach Dan Gable take, takes naps. I wonder <laughs> like if he a gets, little baby. Probably not. he gets up at 4 in the morning to go to work. <laughs> I don't get up that early. I get up like 5.15. Oh, okay. That's much better. I get on a tra- 5.58 train and I see Scott Riga. Good and you? <laughs> My friend who keeps seeing me on the train, he just walks up and he goes, good and you? He still hasn't <laughs> sit down on the show yet, has he? Uh... Uh, no, not technically live. not. Right, he was here for uh, the Christopher uh, fake Christopher Walken audition. Right, he stood. We 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 taped some stuff for off the air, and then just didn't like didn't work out. Let's see if this is it. <laughs> this is this horrible theme song, by the way. It's the cheesiest thing ever. So he edited, it, so it was just like <laughs> it was just like Mad Dog, and Mike Francesa blew his top. <laughs> That's a swanky sax. Turn him on and try him. Oh. Mad dog. Get out there, everybody. How are you today? So, <laughs> oh, there's more. Sax solo. Get a little solo going. This is when no one shows up, and it's just the, like the producer guy behind the glass. Who's that? The Mink Man, Mark Malusis. I don't know. This, this is a bet. Anyway, at the end of it, all, my you know my Mike Francesa didn't seem like that bad of a guy. I kind of felt a little bad, like he gets his balls busted so much. But I mean, you're on the you're on the air for six hours a day, five days a week. He takes you, himself you, you, very you, you, seriously. You, he though, does. Right? He does. You're going to make mistakes, but that's part of the reason that he became huge is because he was combative, and those guys, uh, he was combative, right. and those guys, uh, like, were passionate, and they were screaming at each other all day. Well, he doesn't get along with Boomer and Carden. He doesn't get along with the schmoozer, right? Uh, Steve Summers. He's uh, right, right. He's he's the funniest <laughs> guy on the air. <laughs> there's a there's a midnight guy on WFAN, a Jewish guy named Steve Summers. He's great. Right. He's, he's he uh, old radio style. Right, right. He he's more he he. You could tell in the seventies he drank Ryan Gold beer while he was watching baseball. <laughs> That's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. A funny thing about that thirty for thirty was I don't want to give the whole thing away, but no one's gonna watch this, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. Don't you? go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and tell me everything. If you ever get a half hour, forty five minutes, or whatever it is, so give it a watch. Um, the uh, Mad Dog's dad, huge Yankee fan. Right. So Mad Dog was a Giants fan just yes. to get back at his dad or whatever when he was a kid. 
or whatever reason he's a Giants fan. And then uh, Francesca's a huge Yankees fan. So when they used to have Mad Dog's dad in, and they would team up against <laughs> against Mad Dog with the Yankees, that was pretty good. And then he oh, so then he just leaves. I'll give you the story. He leaves the show, doesn't say anything, signs a contract with Sirius Satellite Radio to have his own channel, and like does, just doesn't show up, I guess. And then uh, Frances is doing the show. He calls in to say goodbye, and they're both crying and stuff. Oh. Yeah, so I think uh, there were a lot of hurt feelings there. <laughs> right. Who is it? Malusis was the producer behind the glass? I, I don't know, man. I, I forget. Or, yeah. Yeah, I think that's is right. Minko? Or no, the Minko? The Mink Man, is, uh, the, he's the news guy for... Uh, Mr. Met. <clears throat> yeah, Mr. Matt. <laughs> for, but of course, Mal- the Midwest. We're going to do the the uh, for the Midwest audience has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they got to know by now. Yeah. We, we we cover Francesa every single week. He's the greatest. He's also very uh, you know I don't know. He's got the, they go through the family thing. He grew up in Long Beach. His dad left when he was like a kid. You know and all that crap. Oh, we got to sit through that. No. Yeah. Well, for a couple minutes. Right. They also, there was an interesting thing. They didn't spend too much time on really any one part of it. They didn't spend too much time on this either. Yeah. After 9-11, they did a show, and I guess they were like, somebody called in. They were talking about allegiance to the country, and some guy from Israel calls in. Well, he's not from Israel, but he's a, a, you know American, and he said his allegiance was to Israel over the United States. Francesca flips, huh. and he's like, you know, I don't agree with that, which is <clears throat> fine and all that stuff. But apparently there was controversy because uh, I don't know if one of them or both of them kind of said that or implied allegedly that uh, Israeli citizens should have to pledge their allegiance to the United States like right after 9-11. Like it should be mandatory. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to fly. There's a lot of opinions that's going not on. That's that, not that crazy of a thought in today's day and age Dude. with the mooch and the Trump and everybody else. I actually listened to the Mooch tape. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. There's tape of the phone call. That guy from the New Yorker tapes his phone calls, I guess. Do you have a copy of it by any chance? Well, no. I have a copy of the New Yorker radio show where where they play the tape. Yeah, let me see. I saw the Mario Cantone thing. That was amazing. Uh, This is Mario Mario Cantone doing an amazing impression of the Mooch. Spot on, dead on. If you're from New York or you know anybody from New York, he just nails it. And uh, so he's out of a job. And Mario going, Mario writing on the, when I shared it, he goes, good job, Mario, because he's a name-dropping fucker. <laughs> and he's got to, like, let everyone know he knows Mario Canton, like, by first name or something. He's so right. weird, dude. They've it's been so there weird. together already. What you're trying to do? Oh, that's not that. No, I can't find it. Hold on. Here's him saying the infamous. None of this works. Huh. <laughs> Whoops. Well, well, just I'm what not you're Steve trying Bannon. to do. What you're trying to do. I'm not. I'm not Steve Bannon. No. I'm not trying to suck my own. <laughs> I'm not trying to build my own brand off the strength of the president. Yeah, don't I'm here to serve the country. It just. It's. It's the same thing you would imagine it. But there's. You know. It's weird. It's different when it's a phone call and everyone's kind of laughing because the reporter is laughing at everything he says because it's ridiculous and mm. it's kind of like his half ball breaking. Half serious kind of thing. Who knows what's going on? It's it's weird when it's not in print. Uh, I'm gonna miss that guy. Play it. All right, and they're telling me to play it. Let me try to find it. I don't know what happened to it here. Do 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 do. Well, well, just I'm what not you're Steve trying Bannon. to do. What you're trying to do. I'm not. I'm not Steve Bannon. No. I'm not trying to suck my own. No, that's not it. <laughs> it's the same thing. What the hell? Uh, I gotta stop. 
going to sleep before the show. Well, well just I'm what's not your sleep? Uh, I don't know. I thought I had a full version of it somewhere. Now I can't find it. Mooch tape. Maybe that's it. Mooch tape. <laughs> we'll leak that to you. Yeah, this. Oh, man, I can't tell you that. Uh, what's that? This audio, I can't tell you that. courtesy of the but, New Yorker. Okay, so I'm just going to, what I'm going to do is I'll, I will eliminate everybody in the comms team and we'll start over. So, <laughs> so it's no problem. So, so I asked these guys not to leak anything. He's getting texts like crazy. So we'll eliminate everybody. So was somebody somebody in the comms team leaked that to you? I can't That's Anthony Scaramucci just days into his appointment as communications director. This is he the New Yorker radio, by the way. Who had given Liz a certain piece of information? Very minor information. So if you want to listen to that, go to the, the New Yorker. Who was there? But the leaking thing had him really angry. Okay, but you're an American citizen. This is a major catastrophe for the American country. So, so I'm asking you as an American patriot to give me a sense for a leak. Well, the only thing I can tell you is two, is two people in the White House who I know wouldn't lie to me. You know what I mean? Come on, I can't tell you, buddy. You know I can't do that, buddy. You know so, go. You, you can give me. Is it? A, is it an assistant me, to the? If you told is it an assistant to the? Is it assistant no, to the president? In the course of the conversation, he <laughs> savaged his rivals in the White House. He accused Reince Priebus of being a leaker. And Priebus was fired within two days. Some of what Scaramucci said to Ryan Lissa was stunning, even by the standards of the Trump administration. And Ryan is a paranoid schizophrenic, paranoiac. And what he's going to do is, oh, maybe Bill Shine's coming. Or Let me leak thing and see if I can block these people the way I block Scaramucci for six months. Okay, but, but he leaked the CFIA stuff on me. Uh, you know, my financial disclosure has been leaked to Politico, yeah, which is a... Fi- which, yeah, which is a felony. Ryan wrote a story for NewYorker.com that included some words that we can't say on the air. Like this. I wanted to ask you if you wanted to be profiled. I don't. I don't want to be profiled. Well, just I'm what you're Steve trying Bannon. to do. What you're trying to do. I'm not. I'm not Steve Bannon. No. I'm not trying to suck my own cock. I'm not trying to build my own brand off and shrink the president. Yeah, but don't I'm you here to serve the country. Good, don't. Don't. At first, the reaction from the White House was more or less nothing. Or seemed to be. Courtesy of New York. But then Scaramucci was fired as communications director after a term that lasted a total of 10 days. Okay. The Mooch showed up a week ago. (laughs) This is going to get cleaned up very shortly, okay? Because I nailed these guys. I got digital fingerprints on everything that they've done through the FBI Uh and the Department of Justice. What's the fucking Department of Justice? Oh, well, the felony, they're going to get prosecuted probably for the felony. They'll probably get prosecuted for that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, lie detector stars. Yeah. For the- I'm speaking now with Ryan Lizza and Ryan. I have to I ask. Just picture the reporter like putting his glasses on in his nightstand in the middle of the night, like you know those movies where somebody yeah. gets a call and they wake up and they have to put their glasses on. The guy's like, I can't believe what's happening. Why does Trump have? It's like a, you just drop this gold brick in my lap. I know. Have I? And I think uh, the mooch was on something a little stronger than Red Bull. <laughs> I don't know. It was late, the phone call was late at night. I'm not sure what time it actually took place. When they're <laughs> Something going on there. I'll tell you, the mooch is coming in to clean his stink town up. <laughs> you sons of bitches. This is exactly what Thomas Jefferson had in mind, you know, 200 years down the road. Hey, John Quincy Adams, go F yourself, all right? Hey, look at this. DeGrom just stole a base, I think. Help himself out. I think Jacob DeGrom just stole second base. That's the way to do it. Help yourself out there, the pitchers. <laughs> He's laughing. Mets up two to nothing. Oh, no, he didn't. He tried to stretch. I don't know what happened. 
No, he's on second. He's he still a base. Yeah. Even though he had Amazing. no experience. Or he hit a double. I mean, One or the other. Let's say he's still a base. He's like Trump. He hit a is a kind he's of standing on second. Guy. He thought he hit a think of, double. You know, Dan Pfeiffer. <laughs> what are these guys talking about in the background here? No, I don't know. I don't want to hijack their radio show. I'm waiting for more Mooch clips. I didn't have a ten, time to isolate everything. I was too busy researching my guest. Guest Dan Gable coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Coach Dan Gable. looking for a shortcut. Yeah, so that's that's. The <laughs> James Burns on the chat box saying the mooch was too beautiful and pure for this world. <laughs> I thought there was more mooch. There is more mooch. We'll get to it. I'll wait for these guys to finish yapping. Mike and the mooch dog. Mike and the... <laughs> Two Radio sixty six. The mooch. We should start our own radio station called the Mooch, and just have like the choochiest dudes from the neighborhood on. Mooch one hundred one point nine. Fud, you're on the air. What a cuz piss on the Boston Sox fans. <laughs> Coming to you live from Middle Village. <laughs> we'll interview like the guy driving the ice truck. Stuff like that. <laughs> You're, li you're listening to the Mikey Big Time Show. You know, for a bunch of people who pride themselves on loyalty and silence, none of them could shut the hell up for two seconds. They and they all act surprised that the uh, journalists yeah. convey this news to the public. I'm talking about the moods, mobsters, any kind of a uh, choochy guy from New York can't seem to keep their mouth shut about anything. <laughs> Always <laughs> no with the gums. And, you know, he calls up no ground rules. Under bargains between a source and a journalist. There has to be an offer of... Okay, hey, I want to talk to you off the record. Right, he's got to say, are we, are we off the record? The Is that okay? The has to agree to that. I thought it was we were that, just that a couple of bros talking. As I told <laughs> just him, just a frankly, couple of guys shooting the breeze. I called him to tell him we were publishing this. I told him, you know, publish this. You speak for the most powerful institution in the world. A conversation like that is presumptively on the record. Right. And what you said was extremely newsworthy. Right. And he didn't push back. He knew he had, knew he had made a mistake. Right. Hey, print whatever the F you want. A mistake, a and yet we hear from the White House, hey, at least from anonymous fool me once. that at first the President of the United States thought this was Hilarious. fine. Yeah. In fact, he was speaking, Scaramucci was, in his master's voice. No. Oh, I bet you the Mooch yeah, got that job within 20 minutes of meeting you know, Trump. Sometimes right. This White House, That's the kind Trump of Trump's like, I like this guy's attitude. Channel. That's why he keeps hiring all these generals and stuff. He likes a take-charge so guy, a no-nonsense guy who comes in there. But uh, yeah, well, a little too much nonsense, everyone around you starts telling you, listen, you got to dump this dude. changed once Reince was gone and once Kelly, John Kelly, the new chief of staff, was in. And perhaps it was as simple as John Kelly being a, a military guy and a bit more of a grown-up compared to some of the people in this White House telling Donald Trump, this is an intolerable situation. <laughs> Kelly comes it. in, he's just like, you got to get rid of the mooch, and they get rid of him. By the way, I was, two, I was two days off of saying he, how long he would last. Thank you. You were, huh? Off on yeah, a, on uh, last week like on the show, this. I said it last a couple, what two more days. Tell us about what's going on three or something. inside the White House. He I was gone that day. He was already gone when you said that, wasn't he? No, no, no. He he lasted till like I don't know Monday or something like that, or Sunday, maybe Sunday. I forget. I don't know. Idiot every day. You're listening to live from the garage on radio now. Yeah, We're dissecting the Mooch call, listening to the New Yorker radio, whatever that is. So uh, I went to a, a uh, Trump created. A I worked Sunday, but then I went straight to a party in Floral Park. Uh, in the evening. Oh yeah. Yeah, a friend of mutual, one of our mutual friends. I was trying to get to the part where he says cock block. It shows that Trump still <laughs> Forget has. Forget it. It's all right. He does it. He's like, 
Okay. You say no, I want to hear it. I want to. Uh, well, oh, I just yeah. I stopped it. It's over. So, yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> time. I mean, I got to see some, you know, uh, some friends and whatnot. But uh, yeah, a couple of people there. Uh, see the mooch at Floral Park, so uh, might as well have. Floral Park's an interesting Long Island town in that it is half in Long Island and half in Queens. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the town's uh, motto is two counties, one town." Is it? Yes. Wow. There used to be signs along Jericho Turnpike that said that. Do you think if you're a Queens resident, you have to pay for that choochy private police force they have? No. You don't? No, you don't. You pay city Mm. taxes. And then the the Floral Park cops don't come on your side? Right. They have no jurisdiction. NYPD covers the Queens Queens side. Queens. Interesting. If you're from Queens, you pronounce Queens with two syllables. Queens. I think I told the story before. I used to date a girl who uh, lived in Floral Park and... She told me, I don't know if it's true or not, that that her, the back of her house was in Queens and the front was in Long Island. So, oh, like, yeah. like her, she had a seven one eight number in the back room and like a five one six number in the front. But I don't know. She could have been bullshitting me too. Yeah, I think Bellrose is the same thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Bellrose. Where, who did I just find out is from Bellrose? Dick Van Dyke. Is that right? That's right. Huh. He's from Bellrose. My first girlfriend. No, was Dick, from Van Patton, sorry. <laughs> Dick Van Patton. Sorry. Dick Van Patton. Dick Van Patton. Rest in peace. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Check out this party in Floral Park. What happened? So I got to uh, listen to uh, had two conversations uh, that were very different than one another. And uh, first one was a little more civil, but I, both conversations involved hearing what the what the opinion on the other side of the aisle is in regards yes. to a lot of things, a lot of details. I would think Floral Park would be kind of a, a hotbed of political uh, opinion. Mm. A lot well, of choochiness going on. Yeah, one one of the things I listened to was uh, apparently liberals are uh, are very violent. And, yeah. and every protest that has taken place so far in the Trump administration has uh, resulted in people getting hurt and cars being flipped over and burned and uh, windows being broken. You sure they weren't talking about the Blue Jays World Series or something <laughs> like that? Or the, the Nashville Predators Stanley Cup? Yeah, I found that very fascinating. Uh, Fake news. And then uh, I'm not even going to pretend uh, to not – I'm not even going to beat around the bush on this one. Uh, this dude we know, know named Artie uh, is a uh, flat-out racist. Oh, Artie Fudd's friend? Yeah. That yeah. guy? Yeah. He, look, he looks like a, a fat Rowdy Dangerfield. Yeah, and uh, he, he really uh, fancies himself on – being of uh, uh, having having a good comedic background, <laughs> right? He, and nobody he, wants to listen to this. And he's guy. some kind of singer too, right? He doesn't right. he do like Sinatra? Th- I've been stuck at a party with Artie. Oh, <laughs> it's always a party with Artie. Um, ooh, smashy, smashy, smash! Um, yeah, he started uh, saying that uh, uh, we got to build this wall because uh, all the Mexicans are running over here, and uh, every time they come over, they get seventy-five thousand dollars from our government. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's that's uh, what's happening in the world, hey, John. Gonna, can I go back to Mexico and jump over the wall? And get yeah, seventy-five. Yeah, that's what I said. To sign me up, and uh, <laughs> and I and uh, where, I, do you, where do they get this crap? I don't know. Uh, I started getting into, it and then I Frank and Eric some uh, URL asked, with a hundred letters in it. They both dot- asked. They both asked me not to get into it because you know they didn't want the party to get ruined. It, it could be never ending. You can go on forever, and, yeah. and you can hey, Pete, you can debate everything that they say. Right, and it's not going to go. Anywhere. Everything that I've heard though was really, I mean, it was all speculative. I it, there was nothing nothing factual presented to me. Um, I mean, look, I know people on on the right. You know, they 
they really, as we mentioned before, they really uh, support a uh, financial uh, conservative uh, country, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is just uh, like Alex Jones' uh, country that I was listening to. I mean, this is crazy conspiracy theories. And People believe what they, they want to believe, I suppose. Right, and they then they turn to the source that will keep feeding them that. But, uh, yeah, Erica ended up getting up and going over to him and said something. And it turns out she went over to him and said, uh, uh, "This has no, what I'm about to say has nothing to do with politics. You're being a jerk. And, to Artie? Yeah, and you're offending everybody at this party right now. What, what kind of need, setup and is you it? Need, and you need to stop. And his hands Whoa. just went up and go, oh, okay, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. What kind Good. of setup is this? Is everyone at a big table or something? Or are you just uh, mingling around? No, it was a, the backyard was full of people when I got there at like 7 o'clock. And then this was probably <laughs> closer to 10 p.m. when there was about like nine people in the backyard. <laughs> and then How many had, of them were uh, illegal immigrants from the backyard next door? <laughs> Well, Frank built the wall, so nobody's getting over. <laughs> Was uh, it Frank's house? Floral Park paid for it. So, um, but uh, then he he had one more comment. Then there was uh, there was this guy that he was such a nice guy. He lives in the neighborhood here, and he was a, such a nice and a smart guy. And uh, he he um, works on 29th and Park Avenue. He's an environmentalist. And Why don't you work us? Hardy says to him, uh, "Oh, this tax thing is going to come through pretty soon." Don't you want to pay 10% in taxes instead of 30%? And the guy goes, well, depends what you uh, want in return, you know. Yeah. Tell you the truth, I don't want to pay anything in taxes, but, uh, you know, I don't want to see bridges falling down either. <laughs> you know, I like so. to drive on a road and not have a collapse in front of me. And stuff yeah, like that, yeah. you know? I like when uh, uh, someone robs my house that the police show up, things like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We're yeah. all waiting for a check. Oh, wait. Oh, when's the, when's the taxes coming through? I'm gonna, that's how they think. I'm going to pay 10% instead of 30. Right. And this is. And what, is it, what Artie makes, uh, you know, $500,000 a year? Is that happening? Listen, I doubt the guy's doing anything to contribute to society. Uh, no. Just like so many people these days, uh, all, the only contribution he has is complaining than actually being proactive about uh, and doing something about what he, he believes in. Well, he's the guy who sits there. He's probably on disability or retired or right. went he out on disability. He probably has been something. for 20 years. And nope. these are the same guys who complain about everybody else doing the same thing they're doing, except that there's one big difference, and guess what that is? Mm. I'll let you get. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I kind of didn't it's pay that attention. It's that he's white, so it's okay. Yes, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Pete, you here? You on the microphone? Or? Hey, the Mets season is over, so it's not watching <laughs> baseball. Traveling <laughs> Pete's here. <clears throat> hey, man. So, oh, there uh, he is. Hello, hello. Hello, Pete. Hey, hello, man. Hello. Hello. I miss you, man. This one. I miss you. Missed you, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. That dude. I remember seeing that dude at, at another party. I think that was in Floral Park, too. It was yeah, a, at that, a bar. Was, that was a catered affair. And uh, He showed yeah. me a picture that night that really, uh, really sent me. That uh, I told him, get away from me. What was that? Showed me a picture of himself uh, holding up a sign that says, Black Libes, L-I-B-E-S, Mada, M-A-D-A. Ooh. And he was wearing an Afro wig. And, what? Uh, Jesus. And wearing, uh, you know, uh, uh, I remember a, something a, like this. he was wearing like a uh, Knicks sh uh, jersey Jesus over a T-shirt. Was he in public? Yeah. He was on the street? He was on the street. It was daylight. Was it part of some kind of choochy protest? He showed me like it was like I was going to find it funny. Oh, I, my God. I just looked at him. I said, dude, get the fuck away from me. Oh, my God. Yeah. There is a common thread with all those kind of guys, and that's FUD, too. And uh, not the racist thing, but let me show you this disgusting picture on my phone thing. Yeah. Like it's like it's like the internet just came out and people like send you pictures of like, you know, 
some dude with giant testicles or something. <laughs> that, that, that's what they're into. It's really weird. I hate it. Right. And this, I think the what I'm trying to – I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm right from uh, because I'm a Democrat and he's wrong because he's a pro. I'm starting, trying to say that, you know, when, when, you were, when you're a douchebag, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, I don't want to hear what you have to say politically. Right. I, there's so much I don't, you don't want to hear, you know? If, you know, obviously that guy's not doing his research or anything like that. He's just taking these sound bites and stuff, and that's impossible to argue against. Yeah. Mario, we're talking about Artie. Party. Oh, the life of the party. <laughs> <laughs> Mario walking in. You're listening to Live from the Broad on Radio wow. Now. At the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to have uh, Coach Dan Gable of the uh, University of Iowa on. He's a living legend. I will I'll give you some mic. I will fight him. Mario says he's going to fight him. I'm not going to win, but uh, it's good entertainment. Dan Gable, Coach Gable, would, would destroy you in any any contest, I believe. Yeah. Was was he in Munich for yes. the Olympics? Yes. yes. So he was, holy shit. Yeah, i got to ask him about holy that. Shit. That's where he won his gold, 72 in Munich. That's right. Oh, wow. I want to I know what the scene was no, like. I, oh, if he I was mean, around when that how, stuff happened. How close he was. Yeah. He might have been back home already. You never know. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't know. The, over the then, Olympics yeah. goes on yeah. for what? Like two weeks. Two, two weeks? three weeks. Yeah. Forever and ever. Yep. Since the times of the ancient Greeks. Mario, did you have to uh, hang out with Artie at the party and listen to all his I all his, did uh, crap? not go to the party because my dad and my brother was leaving for Texas and we had a family barbecue. <laughs> listen, <laughs> I've known Artie. You know how we met Artie? He no. was our car dealer at the church uh, bazaar <laughs> poker games. You know when the churches used to have poker games? <laughs> so um, <laughs> he was our dealer, and he kept doing a really funny Rodney Dangerfield. Ooh. So we invited him to our weekly <laughs> Looks like you got two kings, all right? Ooh, two queens. Ooh, a pair hey. of queens. Hey, a pair of queens. <laughs> what kind of king is this? Yeah, two kings together. What's next, a dog and an alligator? <laughs> And then uh, little did I know then that he was a outright Ku Klux Klan member. Oh man, he seems like so nice, kind of in a way. Well, I think I have to. Uh, come, if I ever see that guy again, I will confront him and punch him in the, in the stomach, in the jaw. <laughs> yeah. I did tell Frank, uh, listen, if uh, you're going to invite him to any more parties, just let me know because I'm not going to be there. So. Well, yeah, he's another one of those guys who thinks like he's in the mob or something, but he's t- th- th- he's t- not. Yeah, he's like shut up. Nobody who's in the mob talks about it at, at Frank's party. Le- Fudd is not far removed from Artie, but uh, at least Fudd just keeps it in the closet. He's like a 1970s gay. He's like, Jesus. oh, I better not tell anybody that I hate the Negroes. I don't know. All right. Hey, what All neighborhood right. are you from, yeah. by the way? <laughs> I could have easily been one of them. But you didn't. You turned out uh, to no. be an art teacher. I rebelled. <laughs> I'm rebelled. a contrarian. You say black, I say white. I mean, the other way around. For everyone who thinks uh, <laughs> New York City is some kind of... Uh, Liberal utopia. Just take a ride out to, to Queens. <laughs> Queens, New York. Middle Village. Or Staten Island. Or you don't have to go far. A little bit upstate. You don't have to go far. And you will see the difference of opinions. And some of them not so pretty. Some of them quite ugly. What's going on, Mario? How you doing? I can't believe we're outing Artie. Anybody else could get Well, we didn't say his last name. I don't care. I'll, if Artie he's gonna, Lang, if of he's, course. If he's going to say that stuff, I'll, I will say. Actually, I don't even know his last name. I don't name, know his last name. <laughs> Jadrul. Yeah. I think it's Scaramucci, actually. <laughs> the Mooch is here. <laughs> the Mooch. You, you want to find Artie? Who invited the Mooch? Oh, no. <laughs> brought the Mooch? No. Hey, you got a Sam Adams summer ale? Oh, no. It's the Mooch is here. Yeah. Now, listen, Mario. If he wants to bang on the table at a party and start uh, talking about what he thinks of people... Uh, South of the border, then I don't, I don't, I'm not going to show any respect yeah, for that guy. Yeah, you can't do you that. You know, I'm not going to protect F him. him. Yeah. No, no, you shouldn't. You, it's, 
you, you can't be silent. It's like the days of AIDS. You just don't go around and say, don't say anything. Silence equals death. Anytime I see a blatant <laughs> racist who thinks it's okay to speak to me in a white tone of voice just because of my color of my skin, right. I put them on notice immediately. That happens to me uh, a lot, too. I'll be at work or something, and someone will say something to me like, you know, hey, am I right? You know, they like think you're part of the club or something. I'm like, no, dude, I'm not. I'm not in your club. <laughs> uh, you know, you stop feeling me out with your, your, your weird dog whistle stuff. <laughs> well, that's the problem. We're so divided now that you're afraid to make political talk. Back in the days of semi-craziness, we could at least argue. Now you're afraid to just bring up politics to anybody. Because it's just gonna, we're just so divided. It's just so black. It's one right. against the other. Yeah. It's like you don't even want to talk politics with anybody. Don't bring it up. Don't talk about it. Uncle. Yeah, Lord, I don't. Uncle <clears throat> Artie will be upset. I shoot it right down at the poker game. I don't want to listen to the noise back and forth if that goes nowhere. You know. I don't I know. Don't want to. I don't want to listen either. What's going on, Pete? How are you? I'm good, man. It was good. Uh, How are you tonight? Did you watch good... that Mike and the Man Dog Thirty for Thirty? Yeah, I did. What'd you think of it? Eh. <laughs> I, I thought it was all right. It was like a puff piece. It wasn't that like I don't know. The yeah. footage was cool. There was a lot of like you know. It was cool to see the uh, like the studios and stuff. I like that. Right. Because you, like you listen it. to it so much. Like oh, what does it look like in there? You know. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing, Ryan. That uh, Francesca, uh, when they first started, he, I guess he got there first. He got there early. The power chair. <laughs> he took the power chair. Oh, I see. That's the power right. chair in radio is the chair facing the glass and has you know facing the board. Look at the stuff. opera. Yeah. yeah. And that was another bone of contention. He just like took it. He's like, I don't remember taking it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, they just yeah. gave it to me. <laughs> and then they had all that Imus footage and shit. You know, Mike and like, Yonkers, yeah. what's up, Mike? <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember they showed a billboard with Imus and Mike and the Mad Dog on it. <laughs> right. And it was like, New York sports has balls. And they were holding baseballs. And it was on, I remember l looking at it on the LIE in the mornings back then. I was like, oh, man, I remember that, that Tucci billboard. They were like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, the caricature of Imus. And Big Imus head. <laughs> How's your donkey come? Oh, Dave Westchester, what's worst. up, Dave? You ever hear him now? He sounds like decrepit and like he's still around. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's still on, right? Like, is he? I, I someone told me he's still on FAN. Or something? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, oh, he's on seven seven ABC. Yeah, he got oh, fired. Yeah. He's not on FAN. No, no if you, if you fall asleep and like wake up and you hear I miss, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. The morning guys in, on FAN are Boomer and Carton, former right. NFL quarterback and Long Island native uh, uh, Boomer Esiason and, and some other cokehead. <laughs> Probably allegedly. Philly yeah. I don't know <laughs> but, uh, Uber Some jerk That's not bad Because I'll get up to that And it's like 10 minutes And then you know Oh they uh, oh, the other guys. It gets you up and out you know, it's like I thought you were listening To Todd Schnitt And Len Berman In the morning Nah <laughs> that's, that's just Color by numbers you know, Shitty It's so bad dude So bad Even the commercials Are lame you know? like, uh, They have a new commercial Where they're like Todd Schnitt looks like he just woke up, and they're like, we're not a political show, but we talk we politics. We have opinions. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, what? You're, you're except, playing both sides. Except it's uh, Schnitt is uh, shooting his mouth off, and Len Berman's just like, yeah, I don't know if I agree with you on that. Right. They have some crazy yeah. guy from Florida they just Around the world. What was that, like, blooper thing he used to oh, do? Yeah. It was like uh, Spanning the Spanning World. Spanning the World yeah. with Len Berman. <laughs> that was on, like, Channel 11 Channel or something? Four. Yeah, Channel, Channel 4. Channel 4 News. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. NBC. Five, yeah. Live at 5. He was the sports guy on the TV. Years, for like 20 years he was guy. I liked him as a sports guy. He yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah Len, well, Len's good. He, he 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 makes that show listenable because if it was just the right What's wing What's wrong with your mic today? Are you? I can't hear anything in the headphones. But no, change that's, headphones. That's just me. No. Change headphones. My mic is not working? No, you just sound like muffled or something. Let's try this mic. I hear you fine. Tuning. How about now? How about now? Am I muffled? Yeah, you sound a little better. That's good. I'm good now. I got something coming in. 
In the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to have Coach Dan Gable. Big Dan. Big Dan. He's a sports legend. We're excited to talk to him. His new book is called A Wrestling Life 2. Would you like to uh, refresh us on the ground rules? Uh, yeah, listen, man. Anybody who calls that guy Dan is out. That's Coach. That's Coach. Coach Gable. Mr. Gable. Clark Gable. No. No, you're out, it. out. It's crazy. He's calling in. Like if you think about it, it like, is crazy. What I, the I hell? Have, like how is that like a thing? It. You know. Like, well, I hope he's not listening to the first hour because it's still up in the air in the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> he does uh, like me. He does appreciate heat therapy. <laughs> okay. I signed up for uh, a package on the boat. Uh, the thermal spa it cost me 140 bucks. Oh, car. you did that on the carnival? He's, he's going on, on a the, cruise. Yeah, and I signed up for the thermal spa. They have the they have the salt bath. They have the the hydrotherapy pool. They have the sauna and the steam room. Right. They have the heated rock chairs. Oh my God! It's what the, is it? It's uh, the Legionnaires package. One hundred forty dollars for fifteen minutes. No, you could use it the whole week. The whole week. Anytime you want to go. Like uh, I figure, like the wife is getting ready, and I'm like, I'll be schwitzing. Uh, right. And. Uh, you and know, you got practicing her- my closet homosexual tendencies. And you and you got her this package also. No, she doesn't get the package. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want it. No. She wants me to pay $190 so we can go to Disney for three hours. Thank God we have free tickets so I would have nixed the whole thing. I like how she does everything and you just go, like, take a schvid. <laughs> I was watching you in Pennsylvania. Did you, you, you didn't, you, dishes, like, washing a dish is not, like, in your, in, in your repertoire at all, right? I'm the cook. I'm the cook. I'm the, I'm the man who puts the food on the table. So let's say your wife went away for a couple of days of the weekend or something, and there was a sink full of dishes. Would you wash them, or would I, you I, leave them for her when she came home? I've been training the children on how to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, I got my answer, I think. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Take away from that whatever you want, John. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I'm going to make Here's my ammo. I'm going to pretend to wash my hands, and I'm going to make dinner. It's Why like, would I wash the dishes when I can enjoy the flavor of my last meal? That's where I had the kids. That's oh, where I had the kids. That's right. You were, something's wrong with you, man. I made. Uh, you helped me cook uh, at the lake. You were very I helpful. did. Well, this you, you tended the fire. What I almost eat? took over for you, and you were like my sous chef. I gotta say this. He's man. like, well, this is Mario's. Like, tells me to start the here, here, Captain. He's like, he's like, start the charcoal barbecue in the back. And uh, I think I said this last week, Tree Voight would be very proud of me. And I was barbecuing on the charcoal. And then, you know, when you start the charcoal, then he just starts handing you meat. And next thing you know, you're cooking the whole dinner. Well, I was <laughs> making the uh, risotto or whatever I was doing. I was chopping every. I am mm-hmm. dicing and slicing over there. I didn't mind grilling. That charcoal, I got to get used to that, though, because it's, uh, you got to find the hot spots. Those briquettes. I had, like, a couple sausage where, like, one was, like, raw, one was oh, burned. Yeah, half and half. Half and half. Yep. I watch that. You, you gotta want, spread that. You gotta spread that around a little. You want to read Mario's emails? I have them right here. What's new in my emails? <laughs> oh, a lot. Do you you want to know what's going on in your emails? Here? All right. Now, so anyway, for the audience, Mario uh, checked his email on my computer one day, <laughs> and now it's the default email from my computer. So every time I open up uh, Gmail, I see all Mario's emails. <laughs> uh, it looks like you made a large, very large cash transfer. <laughs> I did. Recently. I did. Oh, my shit. You know this shit. Do you have my PIN number? I don't want to say how much it was. It's a lot of fucking it was money. 125000 fucking dollars. That's what? right. On Damn. what? Well, yeah, fuck. Anybody need a loan? I'm only charging 5%, and then Uncle <laughs> Vinny will come after you. Five points. Ally Bank Alert. Hello, Mario Sar. We received your transfer request. Here's what happened. Grand. I took a home equity line. Out and right. <laughs> I'm not using it for another year and a half until I, when I after I retire, 
I'm going to do some shit around the house. <laughs> but it was the last time I could draw. And this, this interest is oh, like 2.9%. So it stays 9%. the same. If you take it out now, it's the same that is, that it well, is 20 I, years. I could only, now I have to pay it back over 20 years at 2.9%, which is ridiculously low. So it's going to be like $3,000. Mm. Every month I pay 600 Wheeling and dealing. And nice. so, and so How much of that is principal? <laughs> uh, who knows? At the end, it's all paid off. Right. Uh, but I, I might pay it sooner. Here comes Justin Turner, oh, uh, the Dodgers leading man. two to nothing on the uh, Mets. Justin Turner, former uh, Met, who is now leading the National League in batting. Thank you. Wait, back to Mario really quick. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. So I, I think I understand what your plan here is, Mario, is that you are you took out this loan, you're going to enjoy the money, and then you're going to die and leave it for your kids to deal with. No, no, we're going to do one of those renovations or something at the house, whatever my wife says we have to do. But I'm not going to do it until I'm retired, So, which is another year from now. Yeah. So I found this one Allied year left, Bank. Huh? You're almost there. 1.5% uh, uh, interest, which, you know, the regular bank is giving you 001. It's weird. This, this email is from fakebank.com. Bank of Nigeria. <laughs> and so, Allied Bank with a Y. So I get two, three grand out of it, and I pay taxes on it, but it's better than getting nothing, and I'm paying interest on the money anyway. Can so I ask you this? Did, the, did your bank give you a, a hard time about transferring the fund? Oh, I made sure. I told them <laughs> that you guys are giving me zero, zero, 001. I'd like to take 120. <laughs> I, I just took enough out so I could still keep my priority status so I don't have to pay all the fees. So I said, <laughs> I took everything else out today. You're a chase private, private client over here. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do quite well for myself on a modest teacher's salary. What can I say? I was, I've been called a cheap bastard my whole life, and there's a reason. Right. Now I have time to enjoy it in the as I go down the you hill. You want to hear more of your emails? Um, here's uh, hot events coming up at Bourbon Street, Bell Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> the Swing App kickoff party is uh -oh. coming up this Wednesday, Mario, August 9th at 7 p.m. Have you ever tried a frozen bushwhacker before? Oh, That's man. our drink of the evening, plus giveaways and an intro to this cool new app. I like this. It's like a practice for me doing live reads. Have you signed up for the Swing app yet? What are you waiting for? Drinks, loyalty points, and daily specials are just at your fingertips Ooh, with this loyalty. cool new app. We're party. the first bar in Queens to have this app. Download today and start swinging iPhone only. Android, com Android coming soon. Swingapplications.com. Can I take a guess at what else might be in there? Well, there's 14,173 emails. <laughs> Do a search for Pizzeria Uno coupons. Oh, can I search emails? Oh. Yeah. Pizza. Let's search for yeah, pizza. Your order is on its way. Up. <laughs> spend twenty, get ten dollars back. So I go there, spend twenty one dollars in my bill. There it is. Uh, five dollar summer pizza party Mondays for four p.m. till close at Pizzeria Uno. Five dollars for any individual Chicago <laughs> pizza deal. deep dish that is a good deal. or thin crust for a limited time only, starting June nineteenth. Dine in only, not valid with coupons or discounts. Do you need a coupon for that, or do you just no, show up? No, no, not coupon valid. Oh, with coupons no or coupons. discounts. I see. Mario, what oh, are you doing Monday? I got yelled at by the manager for combining coupons with discounts. <laughs> you're, the, you're the reason. I was doing it for years, and then yeah, exactly. next thing they just came to my table with the stern warning, Sir. and uh, it's over now. Right. Dunkin' Donuts. We're happy you registered your Dunkin' Donuts card. Dear Mario, thank you for registering for I got Dunk a free beverage of my choice. Your Dunkin' Donuts card Reward, ending in yeah. 6307. Remember, <laughs> in your, whether in your wallet or in your app, your Dunkin' Donuts card is reloadable. Enjoy the benefit of auto-reload, which allows you to automatically load dollars onto your Dunkin' Donuts card from your credit or debit card. It's the easiest way to make sure there's always value on your Dunkin' Donuts card. You said how much and how often. We'll take care of the rest. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Keep America Dunkin' or something, whatever. That is. <laughs> uh, I got to go back to this pizza reunion thing. Were you actually, like, getting pizza and they had to give you money in addition to that with all the <laughs> finagling you did? 
<laughs> here's, here's, here's your pizza yeah. and fourteen dollars. Yeah. You owe me six bucks. Yeah. <laughs> close, close. I, I, I still have one thing that they haven't figured out. On the half price apps, you get four things for nine bucks, and you could order double quesadillas, which is a full order quesadilla. A full order quesadilla, <laughs> is, full order quesadilla. Is, is nine bucks by itself. <laughs> But when you order the, the app thing and you get the double quesadilla, you get for nine bucks, you get, you get the, the two quesadillas, and then you could get your meatballs or your right. uh, Meatball wings quesadilla. or bites or whatever else you want. You get two other items. I had a mm. uh, kim, kimchi quesadilla last night at a place called Mad for Chicken. Ooh, which yeah, is, I love that place. And uh, that place was great. Uh, and, and I paid in cash. The bill comes back, and the bill is a different amount. It's lower. They mm. gave me a 5% off for paying cash. Are you allowed to do that? So you allowed to do that? It's not a cash. <laughs> this what is they? What do they call it? It's against the law to charge more for a credit card. I'm ready with the music. I gotta take a break. I gotta well, take a break here, man. I get, before Dan comes in. Oh, now, music is coming. Here's, here's Mario's email from Groupon. Groupon save up a hundred dollars a week for whatever you do every day. Recommended deals oh. just for you. Club A Steakhouse. You can get a steak dinner for, instead of 200 109 Mary. I went there. It was good. Did you? <laughs> yeah, that was good. It's right by the 59th Street Bridge. How about Liberty Aqua Tours? It's a 90-minute cruise around the Statue of Liberty. Oh, with the beast? With the kids. No, it's it's not it's the beast. I'm looking at the picture of the boat. It, oh, the, pic, no. the boat has kids ride free painted on the side of it. I'm, nice. <laughs> that's like a so, knockoff. That's no. the name of the boat. Yeah. Staten Island Fun Park. Ugh. I want to do the beast. That's like the, the power speed boat. You put... For twenty five bucks, you get uh, to right. zip up and down the river and stop at the Statue of Liberty. They used what, to have that when I worked at the seaboard. What about the duck boat? Do they still have that? <laughs> yeah. no. You see that driving no. around? Yeah. It drives around the city and then it uh, drives right into the water. I love Mario's yeah. emails. They're live reads me. They're, uh, our new sponsor, the Staten Island Fun Park, Fun Park Attractions. Staten Island Park offers not only many attractions for kids, including mini golf or go karting, but also brings snacks between the challenges. They're not paying us, John. Yeah, Why tell them Mario. Wait till you. I get arranged some, some payment on this. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's some kind of group on for. Painting, you can go painting, painting workshop. That's you Mario's should, yeah, wine and paint. Yeah, you should go there and just kick everyone's ass at painting. Just I did that once for all your wives. Remember, I did Starry it Moon. <laughs> you, you took all your clothes off and they painted. Yeah. Look, it's the scream. <laughs> it's a Picasso. You know, the, scream, a, the scream is what you do into the microphone every day. There's a really good thing going on at Coney Island, the Art Walls, mm -hmm. and for twenty five bucks with a discount on Groupon, you're gonna get a three hours open bar. But it's not just beer. It's vodka, it's rum, it's all these different drinks. And if I was free, I'd be down there. Plus, you'd have to drive home, so you'd have to take the <laughs> rare train there. But the train goes there. The number, 30 all the way in. Yeah. number 30 in the chat box saying, hustle talk with Mario. <laughs> Carlin Reed, offer not valid after curfew in sectors R or N. Listen, we got to take a break. I, it's, I've, yeah. I've gone on way too long here. By the way, uh, uh, before we go, uh, Ahmed Rosario of the New York Mets, rookie, uh, just extended his, uh, his hitting streak uh, to – uh, in his major league debut. There you All go. Right. There you go. Well, it's his home major league debut. He's he's played a couple games already. Yeah. Out west. Yeah. He's got a hitting streak. All we need now is a winning streak. No, in the course of the out west games now. It's, oh right, uh, right. He's he's had a hit in every game. Oh, he's right. been up. Good we got to take a break before we talk to Coach Dan Gable, uh, state of Iowa and American legend, gold wrestling champion, gold medalist, hero, hero, and uh, great guy, uh, philosopher in many ways. And we'll be speaking to him. Right after this, Pete, Pete, take care of the music. Let's today. hit it, baby. Hello, Coach Gable. Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? 
Doing great. I really appreciate you calling in, sir. How's everything going for you? Well, uh, got my whole family just about, and we're up north, and, and by that it means up in uh, northern Minnesota. I got a cabin up there, and uh, it seems, you know, to be going pretty good. Very nice. Seems to be going pretty good. What do yeah. you, you do any fishing up there? Yeah, actually, yeah, we do. And uh, Grant, one of my grandkids caught a, a big walleye today, and nice, that's a pretty walleye? cool. You know, I, I don't want to interrupt you. By the way, this is Dan Gable. We're talking to Coach Dan coach. Gable. Hey, Coach. He's a living legend. Um, he's a uh, sports legend. He's a gold medalist. He's won 15 NCAA championships as a coach, three as a as a wrestler, and he's a best-selling New York Times author and, everything. Uh, you know, a philosopher, everything else. Just for the audience, just to give you a quick intro. Thank you for joining us, Coach. You're up there fishing. You caught a walleye, the one fish that has eluded me. The entire time, isn't that isn't that right, Mario? I was convinced there was no such thing as a walleye. I thought it was like a legend, like the Loch Ness monster. He thinks it's an old legend. What do you do? Do you eat? Well, the... go ahead, Dan. Well, let me tell you about walleyes. They're probably the reason why I I fish because they taste so good. But the, I, you know, I throw them back once in a while. But but mainly, uh, they're hard to catch. They they don't just bite like grab it, and bite it, and take it and go. You gotta kind of outmaneuver them. You gotta be more technical than them oh, wow. and you gotta you know use certain tactics and it's kind of like in my wrestling you know or my coaching you know there's certain ways of um winning and if you don't know how to do it you get beat oh, man. and uh that's just the bottom line so I, I think that's one of the the strategic uh path that you have to go about it to catch these things are are pretty amazing and that's why i enjoy it and uh i love to eat them uh, the the walleye is that like kind of like catfish where you have to wait, let him take it a little, let him take it before you set the hook. Well, sometimes what they do is they mouth it yeah. instead of swallow it. Mm. You know, they just mouth it and then they kind of hold it, and then if they feel any weight, then they let it go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you gotta actually have a bale that you open and just let them go with it for a few minutes, or I should say a few seconds. Then you flip your bale and then you kind of real a little bit and if you feel it on there now you can pull now you can pull it sounds so. really uh, quite difficult yeah. <laughs> how what's the uh, well, average average size of a walleye because i've never caught one even though i try well the lake i'm on actually is uh leech lake in uh in northern minnesota and you, they don't let you keep any walleyes between 20 and 26 inches hmm. just because you know they're, they're looking out for you know, the, the uh, ability to catch walleyes forever, you know, and so it's kind of interesting. For a while, a lot of people, um, you know, just fished and caught as many as you had. They had no regulations, no rules. It's just kind of like wrestling, you know. It's just like everything else. I mean, when when things come out, usually people don't think about certain things, and, and then all of a sudden they're, what 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 happened? Right. So. You know, it, it, we, you keep on top of things. And Minnesota, they're known for 10,000 lakes. I'm from Iowa, of course. Beautiful. But, uh, you know, we don't. We have maybe, you know, very few lakes but uh, like Minnesota. But Minnesota is a great place for the summertime. I mean, a lot of people hunt and they, uh, hunt up in the winter. But, but uh, for me, i got a cabin up on Leech Lake. And, and uh, it's a big lake. But, uh, and the walleyes are there. But, you know, they're, they're tough to catch. And, and uh I really enjoy eating them, so uh, you know we're here and uh, it's a good time. You just grill them up, nice. <laughs> we're just going to talk. If you don't mind, we're going to talk to Coach Dan Gable. 
and we're just going to talk about fishing the whole time. That's okay with you. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Dan's new. I think we better promote. We better promote wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Coach. Coach Dan's new, yeah. new book is called A Wrestling Life Two. How does it? How is it different from the first book? And uh, where can we get the book? By the way, anywhere I guess, right? Well, yeah, you could. I mean, I deal a lot with. Uh, I don't know, if, you know, where Barnes and Noble is out in. I think they're everywhere. In the yeah, we, States, well, but, uh, got them, yeah, we got some. Yeah. yeah, and so they usually do a lot of uh, promoting for for me in the Midwest, and so they're you know they're a, a key factor. But Amazon is another key uh, area that you go to, or you just go to the University of Iowa Press, and uh, you know they forward you to uh, all the different uh, places you can get them, and uh, you know it's um, it's one of these things that. Uh, I usually go out and do a lot of book signings, but uh-huh. that's mostly in the Midwest, mostly in Iowa. Right. And but wrestling's everywhere, and especially in America. So in the United States, you know, we have all, everybody has high school wrestling except I believe one state, and that's Mississippi, state of Mississippi. And they have a lot of clubs, but they just don't have a sanctioned high school hmm. program. But we, um, so you know, anybody can. Um, the numbers, you know, there's probably a million youth wrestlers, and then all of a sudden we, you know, they, we lose them because we're not quite as, well, we should be coordinated a little bit better in making sure that that they have a better time. Uh, by that, I mean wrestling is one of the tough sports out there that uh, you got to kind of look out for the people that are involved in it at an early age, and I really never realized that until I got out of being the Olympic coach until I got out of being the uh, University of Iowa's uh, national championship coach. You know, I, it's, it's, it's a process that we lose too many kids and it's because it's too tough. And it's because the mom and dad really have to experience a lot of pain. <laughs> and and I, I, I go back to my mom and dad because I remember how my mom usually watched me through the window of the gym and I didn't really understand why, because I never lost, you know? So it's like, <laughs> you know, but it was just nerve wracking until I had grandkids and all of a sudden they started getting involved in yeah. it. And I, now I know what my mom was feeling like. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sport that we had to continually to make it more of an authoritative, authoritative sport like football, baseball, basketball. And so it's, it's something that the coaches have to really spend a lot of time in figuring out how to give kids good experiences at the youth level because that number one million of youth wrestlers, by the time they end up starting ninth grade, is down to 300,000. So we lose 700,000. And then, you know, by the time we go to college because of lack of opportunity at that level, we only have, you know, maybe 8,000 wrestlers. And so you're talking... You're talking 300,000 to 8,000. So we got a lot of work to do. We're doing some good work. I don't know if you saw this recently, but we just won the Junior World Championships. Nice. And we hadn't won since 1984. So you think about that. And and we hadn't won before that, since 1969. And we still only won by one point. We beat Russia. No, Russia is unbelievable in wrestling, oh, yeah. and Iran is too. So, anyway, I'll let you guys talk I, a little I, more. Yeah, I saw that the Iron Sheik was thanking you at his uh, Hall of Fame or something. You know, <laughs> oh. wait, no, wait, he's not Iranian for real. <laughs> yes, he is. He's is Iranian he? oh, okay. for real. Uh, he what, was an did, Iranian what, wrestler, and he figured that 
he could make some money in, in American professional wrestling. And he got in here and actually in 1972, when I was training for the Olympics at the university of Minnesota, with, so we had our training camp. He, he, he worked out of the university of Minnesota, or I should say Minneapolis, uh, with a group of, of professional wrestlers. And they, he actually came over and wrestled with our, with our team that was training there. And he actually wrestled me, even though I was 150 pounds and he probably weighed, you know, 220 or something like that. But, you know, he like, I so much impressed him that he's been using my name ever since. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. Coach, pretty cool. Do, do, when talking about that, Coach, do you think that pro wrestling helps or hurts the marketability of, uh, you know, actual competitive wrestling? In the, because do you think the pro wrestling fans are attracted to it, or do you think they look at it and, look at it and say, well, it's not sexy enough or, or whatever? Well, I think it's this. I think that uh, at one time it might have been a little bit of a detriment, but it's not that way anymore. It's not that way anymore. And the reason why I say that is because they've actually – realize that most of the wrestlers that are in pro have come from that high school and college circuit or pro or the Olympic circuit. And because of that, they're actually on board now. I have a museum in Waterloo that's Waterloo, Iowa, my hometown that's named after me. And, uh, you know, we have a pro wing and, but you have to have had wrestled, uh, you know, amateur, Yes, right. but that's where like the Iranian Sheik, he got inducted there. Uh, you know, those people. And so we really are, are probably closer than we ever have been. And, you know, it, it is about entertainment. Uh, it, even our sport's about entertainment. Sure. And when it becomes where it's not entertaining, then you really don't have a sport because people come to be entertained. And, and even though there's, you know, isn't, aren't professionally real all the time, they still work hard, you know, and uh, they have to do a lot of crazy things maybe too crazy to the point that they become obsessed with uh, maybe do some things that they shouldn't be doing just to get to that level. But, but I, you know, it's, again, it's probably about guys that um, just look at the bottom dollar and that's probably money and, when, and have to make a living. But in, in the, I, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. In the vein of that, the, the marketability thing, how, when you were a young man and you had a, I guess a, your choice of sports to pick, why, why wrestling? Hmm. I'll tell you why, because Waterloo, Iowa, at the time, was a wrestling community. It was a community of about 80,000, and it was a tough community. By that, I'm saying we had packing plants and John Deere, and we had a lot of people working in factories, but we had three high schools in the local area, West Waterloo, East Waterloo, and then the Cedar Falls, which was just connected to Waterloo and all three of those high schools had tremendous coaches that had done well in wrestling, but really had done well with the kids and they were bringing the kids along in a sport that you couldn't believe this. Almost every parent wanted their kid to go out for wrestling. I mean, we had 150 kids on my wrestling team because they didn't even care that if they were going to make the team, they didn't care if they, if they were going to win or lose, they just wanted to be a part because this coach was so influential in their lives. Hmm. I mean, he wasn't just making champions. He was making people to go on to be champions. Uh, so who, who his was name this? was Bob Siddons, and, wow. the, and, and the other coach was Keith Young, and another coach was, was Dave Natvig, and all these, all these people that the parents really got hooked on them, and it made a huge difference for their kids. So I think that's what it's all about. 
At what age did you realize that you were head and shoulders above the competition? Were you always good right right, right out of the gate? Or I mean, I don't mean to. I, I know it's a tough question. I, I know you're a humble guy. Yeah. But is it is it? Do you realize it when when you're 15 that oh man, this is this is easy for me. I'm talented at this. Not easy, but yeah. this is this is a lot easier for me than it is for a lot of my teammates. And and is it hard to keep a teamwork attitude when you're when individually you're so good at the sport? Hey, you're right on. You hit it right on. And by that, I mean, I was a multi-sport guy. My first, I was at the YMCA. I grew up at the YMCA between the ages of four to 12. And by that, I mean, I was there every day. And I was, the only sport I really competed in at the YMCA was swimming. And of course, uh, and I actually won a high, actually won the state YMCA championship. And I won it in the backstroke. And the backstroke is really, uh, a, you know, in wrestling, that's, you don't want to be on your back. So it's something that I came off my back in the water and, and then all of a sudden wrestling and swimming were offered at the same time in seventh grade. Uh, and by that time I had already been a great swimmer or a good swimmer, but the community was wrestling and my dad was a wrestler and his friends were wrestlers. And the bottom line was I had to wrestle and I actually liked the sport the best, but I competed in all sports up until 10th grade. Uh, did you by ever- that, I mean, I, I was a football player I was a I was a wrestler. I was a baseball player, and then only because of my size, which I was small, and I kept growing. But I, I went, at the beginning in tenth grade, I wrestled. The weight class was ninety five, and so I was bigger than that. But I knew how to, you know, 95. maneuver my weight. You know, do it, be disciplined, get it down, and so you know, I, I wrestled there. And, and the bottom line is that I would have probably stayed out for football. If I would have, you know, been bigger, or if I'd have been a better baseball player, I'd have been. I, I, I really kind of, I'm not for this one sport thing yeah. that is happening across America. I mean, it could be just one sport, and maybe you're a great singer, you know. But you got to have things in your life up to a certain point. Even though I focused in on a tenth grade, it's only because I was small, and that was really the only sport that I, I could really participate in and do really well at that time. But I do recommend that, um, you know, as you get older, you focus down into what you want professionally and what you want, you know, from a uh, personal sport point of view. So that's uh, kind of how I recommend that. My son is 16, and he runs track, and they practice every day for hours. I, and is it a time issue? I, if he had another sport, I'm not sure how, when, how he could, you know, manage the time and go to all these different practices. You know what I mean? Or well, well, really- back, back when you were doing three different sports did you did they revolve the schedule around you or something like have baseball practice at nine o'clock at no night? when it was baseball season it was baseball season yeah, yeah. when it was uh, football season it was football season it was wrestling season it was wrestling season and i say whatever sport that you can see where you're going to have and end up in find a way to in in another part of the year to actually incorporate that into some training so for wrestling for an example we have another style called freestyle it's the olympic style it's not a whole lot of difference but but what we do is after you're done in february you go from november to february all of a sudden there might be a point in time in the in the uh, late spring or early summer where you can do uh, uh freestyle wrestling or greco-roman wrestling because there is there are some big tournaments in fargo north dakota that for high school kids go and they go on the end of july so that's that's a tremendous opportunity. So if you're really going to be a wrestler and you want to do other sports, do them. 
but maybe do wrestling in season and then have another month where you do wrestling. Or if you do football the same way, until you get to a point where you say, hey, I'm all football, I'm all wrestling. You, so that's kind of where I'm at on that. Playing all those uh, different sports, which sport do you think helps with wrestling the most? I know you like to run a lot, but you were never in on the track team, right? No. No, you know, I think probably uh, football and a lot of it because they, they focus on contact, they focus on weight training, they focus on strength. And so, you know, it's one of these things that uh, it's kind of similar. It's, you know, the, the, the contact, you know, and I don't, there's not a whole lot of contact. And, well, I, I shouldn't say that because when I watch LeBron James, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, I think he's a wrestler, you know, but, uh, but, but that's the pros pros you know and he might get might get called for a foul and maybe right. in the, uh, the collegiate Listen, I'm, ranks, for, I'm, but, for, uh, I'm 42 years old and i played basketball against mario's son who's here my friend mario and uh mario how old your son he just turned 13 he just turned 13 <laughs> the kid is a giant and i've never been more manhandled in my life and i'm a pretty i'm, I'm six foot 207 pounds this guy was elbowing me like crazy. I said, it's a friendly game. That's a contact sport. I was getting boxed out like nuts. I was getting actually mad. I punched your son in the shoulder, by the way. <laughs> Manhandled. Well, that's why, that's why the sport of wrestling is good, because it kind of pre- prepares you for that protection of any sport. You know, you just kind of know how to handle yeah. uh, positions. You know, and that's why I think uh, a lot of uh, offensive linemen, for example, oh. in football are – or have been former wrestlers because they got to maneuver people and, and they got to have inside position and, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, it's because uh, at the University of Iowa, the Hawkeyes, uh, our coach is uh, Kirk Ferentz, and uh, he, all his kids wrestled actually coming up, and he has a lot of wrestlers on, on, on the team that, uh, that have no positioning. But, again, it's not exact, but it's, uh, it's a good start. Do you find um... – the uh, training in wrestling uh, was a lot more difficult than training for any other sport, even the highest intensity, intense sports that uh, that you participated in. Well, I think it can be, but I think a lot of it has to do with the coach. Because any coach in any sport, if you want to be successful and do well, you've got to work your, you got to work your pupils. You've got to work your students. I mean, no matter what sport it is. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe you have uh, – there's some sports uh, bowling or something like that. But, you know, you, you tell me that if you just throw the ball five, six, ten times or whatever you do or, or 30 times to play one game, I mean, how good a bowler are you going to be? I mean, you're going to have to, uh, you know, be – you're going to have to have unbelievable focus and stamina and a concentration beyond just right. physical muscle, muscle memory. So, you know, yeah. So I think whatever you do, you know, I mean, it's, it's like uh, – I talk to uh, people in life that are that are they do things really well, and they come back and they 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 point things out in their life that they really did, and maybe they weren't even successful at it, but they really had to work hard at it, and they apply it now to their profession. And they said, "Well, I didn't really get good because I was just an unbelievable hard worker in writing books." Yeah. But you know what? I I, I went through four years of wrestling practices and you know, I, I, I can write books <laughs> after doing that. So, yeah. well, and the, that's the, you know, nice the famous thing. guy there is a guy named John Irving and John Irving's, you know, one of, one of my good friends Wow. and really? John Irving's, uh, uh, you know, he's famous, famous, uh, fiction, uh, book writer. Right. Yeah. I read a few of his books. It's, yeah. it's yeah. self-discipline that it instills on you when you're in a team uh, and when you have to put that work ethic in, 
that you don't get in right. other things. But I want to ask Coach, uh, uh, going to Mario's statement, that when, because you're, you know, you you've achieved so much as a coach, do you do you feel did you feel like you had an unfair expectation of the players to work as hard as you, or is it does everyone does everyone have to work as hard as you did? Because obviously you're kind of a special case in that you know you would push yourself to the limit all the yeah. time. And it, as far as a coach and getting guys on your side, did you feel like you had to pull that back a little at any point? No, I, here's what I have to do. You have to learn these kids inside out and it's not a total team like blanket. It's more like, you know, this kid, you know, what he can do, what he can't do, how far you can push him and so on and so forth. But you still have to have examples on that team of what extremism is. And then even though they're needed, they needed certain other qualities they can still see what's taking place. And, and so because of that, uh, you know, you got a team, but, but you really, as a coach, have to know kids inside out. And if you don't know them inside out, you're going to push kids to the wrong limits or the wrong ways. Right. And when you know them inside out, you make a lot better decisions. And so, you know, it's, again, it's, you can't expect everybody to work as hard as myself. In fact, I don't know if I have ever have coached anybody that worked as hard as I did. And maybe I do have one or two, but I tell you what, it's still going to affect them when you have somebody that maybe he's not even winning every match, but he's winning because he worked extremely hard more than the next. Mm -hmm. And then he, is able to uh, affect the other team. So then this other guy that's really talented, you know, all of a sudden he can do things, but he realizes I've, I've got to work a little harder. And uh, so you want to affect everybody. Uh, and it, it's something that a good coach has to learn. And, and it's one of these things that it takes a lot of time. And that's where people don't succeed at. They think it's a blanket and it's not a blanket. It's if you have 35 kids on the team, there's 35 individuals and each one of them are unique. And when you actually tell each one what they're, what they want to hear, you're going to get a lot of success. Coach. And, you know, that's for me as, you know, I, I, me, I'm an athlete that won the Olympic games or won the world championships, you know, won all the events, almost all everything I wrestled in, but that doesn't mean I was going to be a good coach. But because I was a captain on the team at my high school level, because I was a captain at my college level, because I was involved with great Olympic athletes on the team, you know, I saw all these things that took place. And because I knew my profession was going to be wrestling, I soaked it in pretty good. And because of that, it's uh, one of those things that, that uh, gave me, I, you know, I, I say this, what did you go to college for? Well, I really went to college to wrestle i hate to admit that <laughs> and, and and what was what's been my life well wrestling so it, it didn't turn out too bad because uh you know i'm the guy that um that was uh kind of leading each each unit to a, a championship if it was just me winning that's one thing but a lot of other kids won as well and what i could do for them i really appreciate that and they appreciate that and it's the same thing as a coach. To give you a, uh, an idea of how hard Dan worked, uh, his daughter Molly uh, 
in the book. She passes out during practice, so Dan, uh, Coach decides to make that his goal in life to, to work, to work <laughs> yeah. out so hard that he passes out. You never did achieve it, did you? You came close, right? Or you passed out during a match. But, I mean, that, isn't, isn't that unhealthy? That seems like upper limit. What, you might not wake up from that. You have an embolism or something. Well, let me, let me give you, <laughs> now that you brought the it. book up, okay? The book is called book A one, Wrestling book Life 2. By Dan yeah, and, and I think that's probably in book one. That's what you're talking about. Book one no, is in, where it's in book two. You know, I my, just read. my daughter Molly ran. She's running a half mile. But you know what? As a kid myself, I won a state championship as a sophomore, which is my first year of, of high school eligibility back in the old days. Ninth graders weren't eligible. But so then, all of a sudden, it's about a, two weeks after I come back from winning that, and the school hosts an assembly. West Waterloo hosts an assembly. And they bring a guy in named Bob Richards. And Bob Richards was the first guy ever on the Wheaties box. Mm. And he was an Olympic pole vault champion back in 1952, 1956. He wrote a book called The Heart of a Champion. So here we go again. It's a book situation. You know, it's where a kid says, hey, I, he spoke. He offered, he offered to sell these books. I bought one of these books. And all of a sudden I went home and all of a sudden I started reading from it. And I just couldn't believe how you know, things were taking place in this book. And so when you're talking about Molly, you know, that's the chapter that he talks about what was humanly impossible at that time. And he talks about the four minute mile in yeah. track and field. Right. And that's not even in my, in my sport, but he talked about it and he said no, that people said that if you ran a four minute mile, that you would die. You couldn't do it. It was physically, mentally impossible to run the four minute mile. Well, he explains and goes through the mile that was the first four minute mile. And it's, it's an amazing story because the guy ran for probably at least a quarter of it or more, maybe a half of the mile by saying, just pick up one more leg, just pick yeah. up one more leg. And all of a sudden, when you do that, over time, which is probably two more two minutes of when he said that, he finished and he broke the four minute mile like three fifty nine point four or something like that. But it, he didn't die from it. But yeah. when he hit <laughs> when he hit the line, he collapsed. He collapsed, and and, and I, so when I read that, that was my goal. Right. I said I got to push myself that hard, and because I never did, I felt a little like I didn't push myself to where I could have maybe even though I won a lot, uh, extreme amount. And, but the thing is my daughter, Molly passed out before the finish line, like two yards. And it was a big thing for me because, you know, once I thought about it, I said, wow, she did something I never did. I mean, she didn't end up being an Olympic champion. She didn't even win that in that, that uh, half mile because, she didn't cross the finish line. Right. But I say, wow, she she's she did something better than me. Because I could never run to to I could never wrestle to pass an out and she did that. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's great. You know, I'm and so, you know, as long as you don't kill yourself, but it's one of these things that it's it's like a, a, a something with your body that keeps you from going to an extreme situation and and you know it's 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 it was pretty cool so molly's in my book coach and so with my other daughters 
and I got a lot of grandsons now. I had four daughters, and I have a lot of stories about wrestlers. I have a lot of stories about myself. The first book was more about um, me growing up. The second book, people wanted more information. They said, you, you know, you, you, there, it was a really good book. It was a New York Times bestseller, and they said, we want to know more in-depth. Like, okay, so you, you had a key to the school. The high school coach, you can't do that anymore, but the high school coach gave me the key to the school back in 1964, <laughs> and I opened up the school because I was the guy that was going to be there at 6 o'clock in the morning, and the coach lived, you know, four or five miles, so he said, I'll see you at 7, but, you, you, know, you know, you can help me out as a coach, even though you're a wrestler. So it's one of these things that, you know, you, uh, you, uh, you learn uh, because – you're really dedicated, and, and you have good uh, the books. We're talking Go to Co- Coach Dan Gable. His new book is called A Wrestling Life 2, More Inspiring Stories of Dan Gable. That's with Kyle Klingman, and that's available at the University of Iowa Press from Iowa City. Mario, do you coach, have a question yeah. for Coach? Coach, uh, this is Mario. This is Mario. He's also Listen, a coach of his son's team. So I, we'll, <laughs> I am. My son does play three sports. And, meeting and, of the minds. And they do juggle the schedule a little bit for him because it's like, well, He's the it, best guy on the we team. We need him here. Yeah. But uh, as far as passing out, I must excel in one thing, and that's drinking because I pass out a oh, lot man. before oh, I reach the finish line. But seriously, <laughs> I have to ask you, there was one student that I read about uh, today that you uh, – that every time he lost, he put a tattoo on. And I believe, like, your record was oh, wow. 180 and 1 and 97 and 5 on the freestyle. But do you recall who that student is? And can you tell us about him? He would get a tattoo at, yeah. on each loss. I believe he had three losses. You want to- and he was in the national finals. Who makes the national finals? Yeah. You know? And that's a student only in two, Only two people. But yet he <laughs> lost all three of them. And so... When he walked out of the, the University of Iowa, he felt like he was a loser because he was at the pinnacle three times and lost all three times. And so it wasn't – see, a coach's work is never done. Just because you, the kids come and then they go and you get new kids, you know what? you got to think about the kids that leave your program sure, and yeah. what they're doing currently, You know how they're doing today. And you know it's part of your responsibility. And more than that, it you know gives you like vision, it gives you more motivation, and it really gives you an insight. So, so this kid's name is Chad Zapital, and he just he was crushed. And actually, he crushed me because I'm his coach. And all of a sudden, rumors came in after his third loss in the national finals, which you know at that time his record was probably of you know ninety and seven or something like that. But you know it's like. He lost at the you know, inopportune times, but but yet nobody else but two guys get there. So all of a sudden, somebody said, "You got to see this tattoo," you know. And 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 I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, he's got he went to a tattoo parlor, and on his heart, he actually tattooed a heart, and he's it's coming out of his." Skin, out of the, out of his body oh, and his wow. blood all over and it's like it tore the heart out of him it took the oh, heart yeah. out of him and wow that really bothered me and, and I tried to uh, I, I called him and he said I, you know I I don't know if I did that or not you know and so I, I, I finally went over to his house and I was talking to him and I said let me see that tattoo and he said no 
so I, basically we got into a little little argument back in the days again again nowadays you got a lawyer have to have a lawyer but i ripped his shirt off and <laughs> and and there there it was right in front of me and you know what we both cried. You're the first person <laughs> you know? in wrestling to rip another wrestler's shirt off, I believe. <laughs> I don't think so. But, uh, usually, but you, you know, it, it was off. one of these things that we both cried because, you know, we just didn't want. But, you know, the guys had to work through it. And he, he moved to California, believe it or not, from Iowa. He was an Iowa kid, small little town. And the thing about him, he moved to California. I go, what are you doing out in California? And he goes, Oh, there's a lot of phonies out there. I'm going to join the phonies. You know, and so I knew he just wasn't getting over it. And, and, and uh, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, I've kept in contact with him. And, you know, we're talking about him, you know, last time he wrestled was 93 at, at the at national championship level. And so we're talking about seven and 17 years. So we still stay in contact. And guess what? He just got inducted into a wrestling hall of fame in Iowa, which is a national hall of fame, uh, just about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And he came and he's from a little town, but he's got a lot of relatives and he broke the record for the most people that came to that banquet from his, to see him. I mean, we had three other guys get inducted. I think the record was like, we had 60 people that came uh, one time for one kid you know, family members, this guy brought like 90 (laughs) and you know what? It's all about the healing. And, uh, he's all already sent me a very nice little text that said that he really had a great time and, and he didn't complain about, and he's doing a good, he's actually doing good. But I tell you, as a coach, as a mom and dad, you take care of your kids. You take care of your coaches. When, when, I mean, your coaches take care of your kids forever. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just, I feel better about it, you know. I feel like he's been able to, and he's got a good job, got a good wife. Uh, he's got a good life and the family's fine. So I think he's doing okay. Do, he's do you, doing okay. Do you think, um, you know, when you see these kind of crushing losses, does, it's obviously, it's got to be helpful to you as a coach to, because you've experienced the, maybe the most crushing loss in wrestling history. Is it okay if we talk about what people call the match uh, in 1970. It was an NCAA tournament. Uh, a guy named Larry Owings comes in. He's 32-2. and two. I believe he was a sophomore. Dan, Coach Dan is 181-0, and zero, <laughs> which is, you know, insanity. Formidable. And, I'm going for his last match. And he claims he loses focus a little bit before the match. He ends up losing the match. Can you take us through the match? Was the, and was there a point in the match where you said, "Oh my gosh, I could actually lose this thing, and I have to might have to change strategy"? I... You know what? That match is so valuable in my life. Uh, I went through. I went back through 365 days every day from the year before national championship to that match, and. Uh, you know, it, it, it was one of these things that it was needed. I hate to, I hate to, I hate to admit that. I just hate right. it because it still makes I don't, you angry. Doesn't you know, it? I, I, I hate losses, <laughs> but it was almost becoming like I was too much focused on the sport and that's what I can do now. You know, once I got out of coaching, I can focus on the sport. I can help the sport in a lot of ways. But when I was an athlete, I needed to focus as an athlete. When I was a coach, I needed to focus on my coaching and my athletes. Now that I'm a, uh, you know, like 
I'm just a guy that's out there promoting the sport. I can I can write books. I can do a lot of things. Yeah. I can talk on the on the radio and I can talk on the internet. You know, I can do all these things to promote something. So, but that match, honestly, within 30 seconds of within 30 seconds into the match, I knew there was something wrong. Yeah. Because I could hear the crowd. And I, I could also feel how I felt. And there was many matches that I didn't know how I felt until the match was over because I was focused, concentrated on every second. And even though I was dead tired, I didn't know it till afterwards. Mm-hmm. I knew I was dead tired in 30 seconds. And I just didn't go about that weekend or I didn't go about that whole year, actually. And, and because I was kind of like every place you went, I was like the headline. Well, you were, the, you were an, an endurance guy, so that's odd that you tired out so quick. Well, it's because you realize that I was talking to ABC's wide world of sports. Right. Yeah. And, and saying, because I had to do like a... Promo. My, the, these finals weren't going to be shown for a week, and so they wanted me to just say, hey, I'm, hi, I'm Dan Gable. Come watch me as I finish my career right. 182-0. Oh, and oh. That's you it. Know they what? jinxed it's you. It's the kiss of death. I had to say that 22 times. Oh, man. Uh, I'm I, surprised you even said it. Yeah, it. You know, I can't say that. I can't do it. You know, you it's a jinx. So. But you were so you, you, I, well, you, were, you were so confident that it was Everybody thought like, I was going to win. Everybody yeah. thought I was going to win. Including yourself? Larry Owings. It was like <laughs> it was like that Mike Tyson fight where all of a sudden who beat him? Uh, Buster, Buster Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, out yeah. of nowhere. Well, Mike had his. <laughs> was was that the only time you ever faced Owings? No. No, I had beaten him before, oh. and I had beaten him. He uh, had a vendetta because you took uh, his spot in the Olympics, in the Olympic trials, wasn't that? Oh, he says I. See, the thing is, I handled the loss, but you know what? I had a tremendous support system, and I had a lot of things going for me. Where he did not, he he did not. He was already married, I believe, or he was close to it. And he just got back, and he he wasn't, you know, wrestling wasn't that famous in in his on his campus. And all of a sudden, he became really famous and didn't know how to handle it. And it's kind of like me and the same thing. Was in my senior year, all this press. I should have been just okay. Press, you're you're there. I'll see you afterwards. But but you know, he he really didn't know how to handle it. You know, and the funny thing is, is he he says if he had to do it all over again, he would lose that match. Really? <laughs> that's, and yeah, if, that's if, kind of what about you? If you had to do it all over again, coach wants uh, to if win I had to do every it all time. Over again, uh, you know, I would try to do things right from the beginning, and so that means. That means 365 days doing things right, and that means I can't just be promoting the sport. And that means I can't. I should have uh, actually went to a, a you know a summer a summer training camp, which I didn't go that year. Uh, you know, I was working hard, but not like you do when you're right into actual training with uh, people. So, you know, you go over it and you you find things, and uh, you know. And then the other thing is, you did you are pointing out a very good point. I don't know if I would have won that match. If I would have won it easily, I think I'd have been okay. But if I had a tough match and just pulled it out in the end, because I was—I actually pulled ahead in that match with about 30 seconds to yeah. go, 40 seconds to go, yeah. and I could have won the match. But but then all of a sudden, the I sweep. got I got caught. I think it was because I was probably dead ass tired. Excuse my language, but uh, you know, and didn't and didn't really react as good as I should have. So 
Yeah. You know, I, I really think that I could have won it, but not under the circumstances that I lost it. Right. With 30 so seconds, I needed to lose. With 30 seconds left, you were actually up in points, and you were you trying to wait it out and play defense, and then you got he got one on you. Oh, I, you know, I, I think it was more like I couldn't move. <laughs> you know, it's probably. <laughs> I, I mean, I, like you normally move. It's more like you just, you're in slow motion. Do you have a relationship you know, he, with him? And the, he had it. He was, he was ready for me. I, honestly, yeah. God. Where he was at mentally is where I should have been. But at the same time, uh, you know, he didn't win another national championship. He got beat twice in the finals. And then, of course, he had an Olympic championship on his, as his goal, and he never even got to wrestle for the uh, World Tour Olympics. But, but Larry Owings is a, a good ambassador for the sport, and that match is a great match for, for history. And, you know, I'm proud to be a part of that. But, you know, I, it tears me up. But, but at the same time... You know, I don't know if I could have been the world and Olympic champ without that loss, and it, I have it, to think that I needed a kick in the butt. Right, and it, it still—I could tell by the uh, by your voice that it still bothers you to this day a <laughs> little bit. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Jared, Jared, yeah I'm not going to get over it. Yeah, I'm you, not going to get over it. <laughs> have you ever driven in front of his house and called him out? Or <laughs> you know, here, here's the thing. He, he I know you're he in drive there, through <laughs> Iowa. He drove through Iowa a year ago and stopped at a museum named after me and called me and said, where are you? How come you're not here? I mean, it's 90 miles away, first of all. I don't go there every day. And it's like, uh, you know, and so I... He expected you to be standing in a a glass case. He goes, goes, uh, it's a win for me, he said. So you don't oh, you don't yeah. really talk to Larry, and do you ever watch the do you ever watch the video, or is it too painful to watch? Because the, the video is actually no. Hey, I watch the video. Yeah. I watch it. And what, so what, when you watch it, do you My watch kids it? Can't watch it very good. When you, that? when you watch it, do you uh, like t- dissect the footage and you go, oh man, here's the biggest oh, mostly, here's the point of which I mostly, you know, here's the biggest mistake I, older, I made in the match. No, as I get older, I'm too weak as far as the mental aspect. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I. By that I'm saying it's it's about family. I, I mean I think about my mom and dad. You know, it's like, you know, my mom looking from the outside in, you know, and all of a sudden what it did to her. I mean, I was hurting because I lost, but not like them. Yeah. You know, I mean that's I mean it, now because I have kids, I understand. And it's it's so amazing, you know, what family is. If you have a good one, so you're and saying you were, I think that's real critical, uh, Coach. The the disappointment of losing the match is is outshined by the uh, is outweighed by the disappointment you you feel you were to your family and other people. Absolutely, I feel like I let a lot of people down. Yeah, and uh, uh, man, you beat yourself yeah, actually, up a lot. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're a good guy. Yeah, don't worry, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> Do you think the book well, is, book is sort of like a therapy for you to write about it, write about the, your family oh, and everything? Oh, for sure, for sure. The everything that I put out is kind of unique, and I think that's why it's it's good, and, and I think that's why the new one is when it, it's more in depth. It's it's it really lays out what I did throughout my life, and so it's you know it's pretty easy to be good because when you're around a lot of people, you can watch and see what they do. And there's so many little things that they don't do that they could do just to make yourself a little better. And so for me, it's like this book will give you uh, the second one. First one's a lot of entertainment. The second one's a lot of entertainment. But there's more of a chronicle thing of what took place in my life year after year after year. And you'll say, wow, you know, most people, uh, you know, they go to college, 
they got all these academics, they got a sport, they do the sport for three months, four months, five months. But, you know, it's changed too. Now you do it pretty much year round. But I was doing it year round back then, and I was doing it to the extreme that, like, I even now I look and say, how did I do that? And what I mean by that, I look at myself, and I was running across campus going to a just a just a class and I had ankle weights on and I was running and I'd go to I'd go in class and I'd carry this rope and I'd be doing grunting moves but you know and so all it's just how do I do something like that and not get embarrassed or what do I think about the other people thinking about me I don't care at that time I didn't even know they were looking at me right. which they were but I didn't care were you, you were a celebrity on campus were you like Deion Sanders the equivalent They're like here he comes with the book strapped to his yeah, head the ankle weights on <laughs> no, actually, a lot of people really uh, figured it out and uh, kind of appreciated what I was doing. But so, uh, so. it's like, how did I do that? How do you, you, know, you know, how do you stay yeah. how do you how do you stay humble uh, during all of this? When people you start to win, you're undefeated. People start telling you the greatest, and uh, you know the town. I, the the, the town. How you stay humble? Three sta- you, three statues, coach. Three statues in a museum. Please tell John how to stay humble. I can't do it. Because you only look to the future. Ooh. And when you only look to the future, that means you need to accomplish more. <laughs> and you don't really sit back and just think about what has taken and on. And so it's like it's like right now. So, you know, and again, maybe if I was in a different sport like football, basketball, or baseball, maybe I, you know, I, I would hate to think I would be any different. Because, you know, it's like I love like to make accomplishments. So it's like I'm up here now with my family, and it's like we're having a great time. You know, I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, and I want to have great times. And, and it's, it's kind of like when I got done with one match, I, I, could, I could feel the goodness about it, and I was content inside. And I don't think I ever read where I was up. 180 and 0 or 179 and 0. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't think I just read the newspapers very often. Maybe one time and maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> you know, so so I just doctor's I office. Kept, kept myself and and there's always a higher goal and that higher goal is like okay, you're in high school but there's college. Okay, you're in college but there's the world championships. Or there's even the Olympic games. And that's the highest in our games and and, you know, now that you've got the MMA, you could go to another level. And actually, I don't know if that's more than the Olympic Games or not, but but uh, probably not, because I think most people think that, that the Olympic Games are the, are, the, are the epitome, except for pro athletes who make a living that way. And, you know, so a lot like like right now, I think even a lot of the pro athletes in, in um, uh, some of the sports, I don't know, if, I can't remember which one I just read the other day, that, that maybe aren't even going to go to the next Olympics. It's going to be a... A, a, a group right below it but but uh you know i think that uh, uh uh my humble beginnings help happened because i had great a great environment uh by that i mean good people around me great mentors and you know in this second book i have a list of 22 characteristics and i think right away there's 
I think number one might be mentors. And I tell you what, that's so important. And I think it's also, I think number two might be, or three might be simplicity. You know, I did this for business because it's the same way. You know, you get a, a team that doesn't, you know everything in your head, but if your team doesn't know what you know because you make it complicated, then you're not going to get it done. So it's like in a business. If it's too complicated, then you're not going to have people actually accomplishing what you need them to accomplish. So you, you know, I think this book is beyond uh, sport. It's it's for life, and and uh, that's kind of I think why people can uh, get out there and. And, and take a look at it. We're Excellent. speaking with Coach Dan Gable here on Live from the Broadroom Radio Nope. His new book's called A Wrestling Life. It's available everywhere. Uh, Dan, do you, do, uh, Coach, do you ever think uh, that your competitiveness, how has it affected your family? I'm sure it's negative, negative and positive. Do you have anything that you regret that? No. Uh, no. You think you did it? You no, did, you there's did it no right. negative. There's right. no negative there. Because sometimes, family, like, uh, uh, can you be too much for people in the family? And they're like, all right, you know, no, punching, no, no. You know, you know how many good, on, time, you know how many good times my family, as my first family has had, and they're all passed on. And yeah. you know how many good times my second family is, which the ones that I helped create. You know, as they love success, <laughs> people yeah. love success. And I'll tell you, the more you yeah. do that, the I'm more right. times they have great times. I mean, my mom was in. Like, we'd come down to the last match or something, not just me or me. It might have been me. Or after that, my coaching, she was in the bathroom plugging her ears. And, you know, and so my all of a sudden I see my, I hear about my wife and my four daughters. They're in the bathroom. They're plugging their ears. But yet, most of the time, it came out good. And because of that, they can strut out there and they can have a good time. I just can't believe some of my, even my, my daughters that were like, not really would think athletic, uh, you know, they would, to this day, they tell me things that blows my mind about my coaching career. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And it was like, I I mean, I had a girl that was probably in high school and all of a sudden we had this kid on the team that, uh, you know, he was ranked second or third or something like that going to the nationals. But all of a sudden, he got beat by, you know, somebody. And all of a sudden, he got an anonymous letter. And the letter kind of uh, didn't really chew him out, but it was like, uh, I don't know what exactly what it was. And so years later, my wrestlers tell me about it. I was so upset with this letter that I got. That letter drove me to win the national title. <laughs> and you wrote so that then all letter. Of a sudden, <laughs> so no, my no. daughter wrote it to him. She oh, was great. Like a junior high or high school. Oh, that's he, nice. He sent an anonymous. So you can't tell me that I wasn't getting a lot of support from family. Well, you know? let me, right. well wait, speaking about your family, did you ever wrestle your dad? Because he was a wrestler. And at what age did you beat him? And why was it the greatest day ever? Like, was, was, was <laughs> well, that, my, did you my dad, did you ever win legitimately dad, against that? No, my dad beat me up pretty good uh, for quite a while, but then. The first time I ever won the practice with him, that was the last match he's ever wrestled with me. Oh, well, that was <laughs> so the, that's pretty interesting. That was he his, knew when to quit. That was his 182 yeah, and 1. I think it was about 8th grade. I think it was about 8th grade. Wow, that's wow, young. That's, that's young. You could beat up your dad in 8th grade. <laughs> at 13. Man, my, I'm pretty sure my, well, my, you know, I, I think my dad could still beat me up. He drank a lot of beer. He drank a lot of beer. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty crazy. So. You got a question, Mary? Good dad, though. Yeah. Good dad. For Coach, Coach Gable. 
Uh, in many ways, you remind me of me because you like to punch Jesus. walls and instill fear in your children. Oh, God. And, but it's oh, a good kind no. of fear. What's wrong with you? No, anyway? it's not. It's People don't understand. When you want to instill some sort of discipline at home, fear is an important element. And it's a loving fear because then you can come back and, and, and come back with the love that is needed. I mean, I didn't make this up, Coach. Am I, am I lying? Is there a part of no, you that, I think we that all is got a, a bull? Lot of, uh, we, we all got a lot of things that we kind of analyze. And we, we, because we're individuals, we really kind of know what it means. Other people might not really know what it means sometimes when we say crazy things or do things. But, you know, we, 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 we're probably the closest most of the time to our family. But, you know, sometimes people don't even get close to their family. You know, it's just like if I wasn't close to my team, I wouldn't know how to react to each kid. I mean, if we're not close and don't take care of our, our team, our family, uh, you know, it's just, you don't have, all of a sudden you're putting kids out there and they're going to go different directions than you really want them to. You know, I think it goes back to, for me, how you make an effect on society. And for me, it's like, I look at the world and I, I can't believe that there's places in the world that kids are born and the first thing they do is that they go to camp or something like that. Yeah. And the camp is like, my dad sent me to wrestling camp, which is great. But like, how would you like to be sent to a terrace camp when you're a kid? Yeah. I mean, that's in the world. Yeah. And that's not right. No. And because of that, we got a long ways to go yet, you know, and that's why this, I think, again, this book can affect anybody. Uh, I can help. It, it takes, it makes people have responsibility a little more to make the future better. I mean, like him or not, you know, you know, a lot of people either love or hate Donald Trump and, you know, you still have to kind of look at it like I got to do, I got to play my part individually, sure. you know, and I got to trust a few things and, Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll end up there because the world. Last thing the world needs is is uh, getting blown up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, I know. nobody wants the last that. Thing. <laughs> nobody wants <It's> that. Violation. <laughs> um, uh, just uh, do you mind taking a few quick questions from the audience? Um, oh, I, I love it. Uh, uh, yeah. da- David, um, well, first of all, uh, what's the Gable grip? <laughs> I have a lot. I have a couple judo guys, jujitsu guys listening, and uh, they, were, they, they, right. they were very oh. excited to hear you were coming on. Well, oh, they know the gable grip. Yeah, right. <laughs> explain, right. Explain it to me. Well, it's kind of funny. It's 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 uh, it's not like fingers on fingers. It's more like a lock with a hand cupped, Ooh. a hand cupped, and then you come across and you cup the other hand, and and you cup your cup your thumb in there. So you got all four fingers and your thumb cupped, and it's just a, a and I actually. Once it's cupped and together, then you kind of climb it up to make mm. it even tighter and cinch it. I don't think they even understand that part of it. But, but uh, no, <laughs> judo, uh, I, I should say the MMA fighters have kind of made my grip famous. And so, you know, hey, thanks a lot because you guys are uh, – I mean, I just got a call from uh, Conor McGregor's coach wow. last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's getting ready for a fight, you know. Yeah. I mean, but it's not an MMA fight. No. Man. It's a boxing. I'm a wrestling guy, so I, I really I don't know what I can say about the boxing, you know. But, uh, you know, he was he, he's um, pretty interesting that you would talk to uh, people like that because that's going to be a, a big event coming up. What do you think about that? Uh, what do you, uh, who do you like? 
It's a boxing match oh, between Floyd Wade, man. I uh, mean, yeah, uh, I, if, I don't know why he would. I, I, I wish. I hope there's there's rules that aren't exactly just boxing because it's kind of. But if you're if if you want to do it and you're confident enough and you know, then go ahead. But for me, it's like you 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 got to have a little bit of um, both to. Uh, but then you wouldn't get the guy to go there. You know, do you, do you, so probably. I think it's interesting. Do you think, think there's a chance? Um, there's there's no chance after all this training that McGregor um, accidentally throws a kick at, at Mayweather or tries to grapple him or something like that. Or do you think? Do you think, when well, you, he can't do that. No, I know. But when you're trained so hard, and that, right? But isn't it, it, it a muscle memory like instinct? That, that's not going to play into it. Yeah. it's not going to. You're not going to uh, do it. You know, it could. You're, you're right. It could. You know, you could lose your mind. I mean, I lost my mind in 30 seconds in the Owings match. So. You know, you could lose your mind, but you know it's one of these things that um, um, bite an ear. I think uh, you know it's like all of a sudden you just don't know what you know how long he. I don't exactly know how long Mayweather's been out and just where he's. You know how you know I don't know how old he is compared to you know what he's done with his life since you know he's retired. Yeah. So you know it's just I don't know I it's it's. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to to follow, and let's just hope that we have some good entertainment. That's I the main agree with thing. That. I'm gonna be on a cruise ship. They're not gonna show that. It's oh, terrible. they might. No, they're not. No, I looked no. it up. I don't oh, think I, it's very unlikely. Uh, one more uh, question from the audience: uh, What do you think of what's your opinion of catch wrestling? Ooh, that's from David Gregg in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Of what? Catch wrestling. Catches catch can. Catches catch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty much the original. Um, Scholastic high school, the uh, kind of style that we do in America, as compared to the freestyle and Greco-Roman. And you know what? I love it. What's the difference between the freestyle? <laughs> One of the reasons and why I lo- I think I was be able to dominate the Olympic style is because I knew another style that a lot of people didn't do, and so I learned their style as as well. But I had these other so it's kind of like knowing judo, for an example, which I did know. I mean, on the world final, our world semifinals in 1971 in Sofia, Bulgaria, I actually hit a foot sweep, which is kind of a judo move, on the Japanese guy to win the match. Uh, it, it hit him so hard it pretty much knocked him out because he flew through the air. We both landed, but I landed on top of him. And it was a tough match, and my first world championship, and and actually I probably I could have lost that match, but uh, you know I, I used another variation besides wrestling. I mean, it, wrestlers do leg sweeps, but they're not known for them as much as judo. And so I practiced a lot of leg sweeps more with judo skills and techniques. So right. that's kind of. Uh, Were you practicing the other styles just to learn what the uh, what your opponent? Would yes, do? I did. I wrestled Greco-Roman a lot too. I wanted to learn so as much as I can amazing. about every position uh, for a sport. Now, you know, I wouldn't necessarily box, but yet I did box in uh, in college in the, in the dorm rooms, <laughs> you know. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. We used to, at night, we'd, we would get these big boxing gloves and uh, just for a good workout. Did, did you ever get in a street fight? Does, any, does anyone walk up to you in you know, the street and many, go, hey. Not many, but I'm I was gonna... in a couple. And I tell you what, I'm 2-0. and oh. I think I'm 2-0 <laughs> oh or 3-0. Oh. Uh, was it people walking up going like, uh, hey, look, I'm, gonna, I'm drunk. I'm going to go uh, kick this guy's butt. Oh, they just didn't know who I was. Yeah. Or they just <laughs> oh, didn't, big mistake. They didn't, really, uh, they didn't really care at the time. 
but all of a sudden they realize later. And you know what? Every one of them that, well, there's only two or three, have come back later and actually said, hey, I started following your career after that. And, uh, <laughs> man, you, you did really well. And I really – so it's kind of funny how that, that happens. But, but uh, no, I have a couple good stories there that uh, – yeah. That uh, well, that I really you know I didn't start him, but you know I finished him. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's undefeated in, on the street. Dan, uh, oh, coach, I, I appreciate you staying on with us for so long. Is it okay if I ask you a couple more questions, or uh, am I taking a sure? No, I'm 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 ready for him. Uh, yeah. Thanks, coach. Um, <clears throat> Munich, you win your gold medal in nineteen was that seventy two Olympics, right? right? Yeah. Were you there right. for the uh, for the uh, terrorism? And what was what was that like? Actually, I was there. Uh, I was finished competition. And so, you know, I'm pretty happy about that because I, um, uh, you know, because they actually stopped the Olympic Games for a couple of days, but I was already done. And I really think it did affect quite a few people's attitudes. And it, it, it threw something, a curveball, that people really maybe could compete or couldn't compete. For me, I still could have competed, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's easy to say, and I really don't, didn't really understand the whole process of what took place till years later. And, you know, and because of that, it shows you how, just how focused and how, you know, straightforward I was, but, but I did catch the first flight I could catch to get out of there Yeah, and got home after that, uh, where I was going to stay and maybe, uh, watch and, and, and participate a little bit more in, in the Olympic uh, events. But, no, I was there to, to um, do what I needed to do and then go home anyway. And so it gave me an opportunity to, to catch a, a flight earlier. But, no, the, the, the thing about it is my where I lived, it was just the next building over where they actually broke in, and they just jumped a small fence. But then they, they came into – and I don't know if they knew where they, were, where they were going, the terrorists, but they picked on the weightlifters and wrestlers. A guy in oh. my weight class, uh, just who had finished probably in the top ten, was murdered. And uh, oh my god, uh, it, it was pretty sad. It's pretty sad. Jeez. Well, I'm sorry to bring that up. I just kind of brought the interview down there. No, no, it's not. Sorry. that's part of the game. I mean, yeah. and uh, it's changed the whole concept of Olympic Games now. You know, I mean, there's so much expense now. And it all has to do with that, and you know it's just like you can't get in. I mean, you got protection. You don't have a you don't have a fence that's four foot tall. You got one now that's probably twelve foot tall. Yeah. And you got armed guards all around. So you know it's just it's something that uh, changed the uh, world from Olympic Games and added a billion dollars. That's all. We're speaking yeah. with uh, Coach Dan Gable. His new book is called A Wrestling Life Two. It's available everywhere. Um, Coach, what does it mean to be a man? Oh. <laughs> What does it mean to be a man? Yeah. This is personal advice for John. I want to know how to do it. (laughs) Well, I I think what it means is that you're taking care of business, and within that business is family and your profession. Right. You're taking care of it, and you're doing it well. TCB. I got it covered. I need some advice. How can I be a better dad to my boys? My boys are 16 and, and 14. And uh, they don't talk to me that much. I, I I find it hard to get in. You know, it's not easy because I do with the same thing with my fourth daughter. And the reason why is because I had three daughters, boom, boom, boom. And then I had waited six years to have another one. I didn't wait. I tr- was yeah. working on it. But, <laughs> but uh, it was just one of these so things that out. didn't happen. And so, and so uh, you know, it's um, 
uh, I didn't really get along with my fourth daughter as well as my other three at the time when she was home, but she was home alone with mom and dad as compared the other girls were there. And this girl was there only up through sixth grade with, with, uh, and then once she was sixth grade to 12th grade, it was different. And I didn't even realize that that's when I stepped down also as being a coach. And she goes, you know, and we didn't really understand each other. And I really hurt her by not being the coach because she is having such a great time. So you got to kind of analyze it and you analyze where your kids are, what they really like to do and how are they affected. So, you know, you don't give up on them. One thing you don't yeah. do is you don't ever give up on your kids yeah. and you stay with them their entire life. And, you know, you're, you're hoping that you, you'll probably pass on before they do. But at the same time, you're still looking out for them. But you don't have to make them dependent on you. They right. still got to become independent. And so it's not easy at all. So, I, you know, if you've got a couple kids, it's pretty normal. But you know what? I would say that you don't stop doing what you think is right. So here's what the study says. The study says, my daughter walks out the door. And she goes, you know, bye. And I said, hey, make sure you put your seatbelt on. Make sure there's no driving and drinking tonight or, you know, any, yep. any booze in the car. And she's looking at you and she's so mad because you said that for about 400 times. Right. <laughs> because you said it not just once. You said it every time. And so she says, Dad, would you shut up? And I said, <laughs> yeah, okay. But you know what? It's, the study showed that when she walked out the door, if you say nothing at all, it's worse. Right. Yeah. Than repeat performance. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I would. And I would the, much and, rather and have they them. Rather, they know annoyed that at me. you care at least. They know that you care. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. That's good advice. I'm going to take I, that to heart. I personally don't mind annoying my kids in any capacity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live with affection, with discipline. I mean. How about the, it's all good with me. the exercise? And uh, how old are you now? And are you still exercising? What's the diet regimen? Is there any room for beers in this diet? <laughs> beers? Yeah, can you have a couple beers? I know that's that. You know, did you read where uh, I didn't get up in to that part. last book <laughs> that I I can't remember the name of it right now, the chapter, but uh, but uh, I personally, if I hadn't stepped up in my life yeah. and made a commitment to lowering my alcohol content. Yes. I wouldn't have the same wife. I wouldn't have the same family. I wouldn't be the same guy here. I wouldn't be talking on this interview right now because, you know, that was 1987, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that's 13 and 17 years. And I made a, a vow to not ever drink more than 32 ounces of beer in one day. Huh. I mean, I like beer. Right. I like beer, but because I, but, but it was going to affect my life with well, my wife. Wait a minute, coach. It was going to. When you get to the third bottle, what do you do? Just pour out the last four ounces? <laughs> no, I, he I only pints. drink. If it's twelve and twelve, I only drink eight more ounces. And I stop. Yeah. Oh, two huh. pints. That's he, it. He you're, leaves you're a float. I've, I've done two, it. Two I've pints. done it. And, I, and you know what? I may not do it tomorrow. May not do it tonight. But I'm telling you, I've done it so far, and it's been one of the greatest things that's, that's ever happened that's to me. Good. God bless you, because I can't stand these people who just have to quit. Moderation oh, is the key. Oh, no, oh. You, you should have. I, I stopped drinking. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm taking it easy, you. and Mario is one of those friends who uh, jumps on top of you. For, I'm like, an enabler. Going away. It's terrible. Um, uh, Coach, If you can't stop, then you, you, know, you probably shouldn't drink. You know? Yeah, right. probably. Right, right, right. But, yeah. Coach, we're but you know, that's the way it is. 
That's Coach Dan Gable. Uh, his new book's called A Wrestling Life. You could get that anywhere. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it in Barnes & Noble. Uh, support your local bookstores. Uh, one more question, Coach, if you don't mind. What is the legacy of Coach Dan Gable? What do you think it is? Do you have it in mind? Oh, boy, I tell you what. You know, I got a lot to still do. You know, I'm, <laughs> um, my sport is not where it needs to be. It's not going to just automatically be there if people like myself and people, if we all of a sudden just stop promoting it. So, you know, we're not there. I mean, even football. I mean, if you look at football, they got issues always. You know, you got to work at this, work what you really believe in and love. And so that's why you work at your family, but that's also why I work at wrestling, uh, because I know that it's not just an automatic sport because it's almost too tough. Yeah. And because of that, we absolutely need it in America, in the world, because you need some, be able to be, have, be tough at times. And, and so because of that, it's not going to be something that I'll, I'll go to my grave, continue to work on this sport. And, because of that, uh, you know, I think it um, it gives other people incentives, and they say, "Well, look at this guy. He won for ten years. He won as an athlete. For twenty-five years, he won as a coach. So that's uh, you know, like all those years. But now he's twenty years out, and he's still working at the damn sport. Yeah. And it's it's not it's a great sport, but I tell you, it's 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 one that it's almost too tough. It's- and uh, so we have to make sure that we look out for it. What's next? Do you have the writing bug now? Are you going to write another book, or you think you're done with the book? You know, I, I, I got a coaching book out. Uh, I didn't write a coaching book until after I stepped down from competing at, as, as a coach from a college, even though I was doing some more international coaching. But it's outdated, you know, and so I probably need to update that. And I got, a, I got another guy that really wants me to do a lot of uh, – books on leadership and so you know i don't know you know right now i'm focused on this book too and um i you know i i think it's i i I got i'm co it's co i'm co-authored in book one i'm co-authored in book two because you need a lot of help to make sure everything's correct like historically or just uh you know it's like this second the second book is actually different because when i talk about somebody then i had the other guy called the guy up and get, and the guy was able to talk to him instead of me and give the, his true feelings. And so we got his, you know, his quotations in there and what he thinks about it. And so I may not agree with that totally, but that's part of life. But, uh, so I think that, uh, uh, it's pretty interesting because even in like book one, uh, Scott Schulte's the, the author, you know, uh, Scott Schulte, he's, I talked to him today he's got some issues in his life and he's working through them, but he, this book is brought him above water a little bit. And he's, he's got a chance now. And even the, the book too, uh, Kyle Klingman, who's the, the uh, co-author helps me out. You know, he, he, I couldn't believe it when he said, and he's been working for 15 years doing things. He said, this was the most exciting thing that I've ever done in my life. <laughs> and I was like, whoa you know that is that's pretty cool that's heavy that is how, pretty cool how can our listeners is there a way that our uh, people just regular people listening to this can support local wrestling wrestling and uh you know kind of help out the uh the uh the sport absolutely people always say i don't know 
how to support the sport because it's not right out there in front of you. We're not out there every day in the newspaper. We're not out there every day in the media. But, but you know what? We are right now at the USA level having unbelievable success with our junior worlds, and now we're going to the senior worlds. If you really want to follow it, you just follow probably what's called the mat.com, and that's our USA Wrestling and Rich Bender's our executive director, but you just follow the mat.com and they usually give you a lot of oversight about our total sport. And then the other thing is that go to the local high school and just talk to the coach and just become a supporter in one way or the other, you know, when, whether it's resources or whether it's you can tell, you, you can actually talk and you can help him explain different places that he can go to get uh, support. Uh, you know, so there's no excuse there is always a way or even somebody within the school that's the athletic director or anything like that. If you have an interest, because again, a lot, we have a lot of people that are sitting out there that have wrestled and they know what it did for them, but yet they're not contributing today. And it's about today. It's about the current. It's not about back when I won the 72 Olympics. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> just got to remind everybody again that uh, Dan won the Olympics. Mike. No points. <laughs> he won the whole thing. Gave er- up no points. Every single sport. Yeah. He came and go. Um, uh, Coach, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for staying on the phone so long. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Yes. Um, no. Cool. Hey, I. No, that was great. This I interview has been you guys uh, were great. You very guys he- were great. Helpful and insightful. I mean, the audience in, loves it. You guys it. are in New York City, right? Yes, we're in uh, Queens, New York. Yep. I love the New York Athletic Club. I know it's kind yeah, of a place that's kind of run down, but it's got everything I love there. Every time I come to New York, I stay at the New York Athletic Club. I used Club to wrestle there when I was And I like, get a lot accomplished. What? All right. Pete, Pete yeah, you used I to wrestle the, there? Yeah, was, there was a Saturday morning like athletic program at the, at the Athletic Club. And they had us like wrestling when we were as young as eight, nine years old. It was hmm. kind of crazy. What was your record? Oh, I don't know. I like the boxing more. <laughs> but they had us doing judo and wrestling. And, yeah, it was yeah. See, it's kind of like it was the, great. when yeah, a, it was cool. a coach started at the Y. You got to take advantage of your uh, local p- places. That are happy. Is the AC kind of dumpy right. now? Is it kind of? What's that? Did you say it was kind of dumpy? The AC or no? No, it's not dumpy. It's just getting, it's just getting old, you know. And it, and they they have to keep refurbishing a little bit. No, it's not dumpy There's at all. There's not and a lot of like places uh, like that anymore. And you know what? Yeah. They even they even kind of broadened their their sites and they. Let women come there now. Hey, that <laughs> so, was different than I was. Yeah, there. yeah so you know things good. things going things are going pretty good for them. It's, uh, you do have to you know wear a, the blazer, a, you know, a shirt and tie yeah. or blazer, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, most of the places, or if you can go into the back door. But you know, it it, it, it is you know it's one of the um, my highlights when I go there. And, Great, yeah, and uh, cool. you know I love it. Well, we'd love right to on. have you back anytime. You're welcome here, and uh, I I, th- I can't thank you enough, Coach. God bless you and your family. And uh, go visit themat.com to support local wrestling. Go buy Coach Gable's new book, A Wrestling Life 2. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, everywhere you could find it. I'm halfway through it, and I'm having a great time. So it's a good it's, – it's, this is amazing for us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot, and I'm getting back to the family again. Yeah, enjoy, All right. enjoy thanks. the walleyes. If you catch a walleye, post it on uh, Twitter or Facebook or hey, something. I want to see it's, that. It's not if. It's not if. <laughs> I will – uh, we already caught some. It's just a matter of how many more. Yeah. All right. Good. Nice. Always looking to the future, never ha- the past. Happy, <laughs> happy fishing, and uh, have a, have a good vacation. Yeah. Thanks, Enjoy. Coach. Hey, thanks a lot. Thank Take you. Care. Thank God you, Coach. coach. Yep, there bye. he is. There's Coach Dan Gable. Yeah. Amazing, unbelievable. Yeah. I can't believe that.
just happened. Clap, you fuckers. That was, yeah. 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 We never organized the fight I was supposed to have with Yeah, well. I think my life has changed. I think your your stick license is about to be yeah. taken away, hey, Mary. come on. Ryan almost quit the show yeah. over one of your questions. No, I was going to throw you out. Oh, really? <laughs> Fireman's yeah. carry. Just carry uh, let me get my good friend Artie over here to serve as a human. Right. Oh, 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 Coach Dan Gable's book is called A Wrestling Life 2. It's ri- written with Kyle Klingman. You can get that book. Anywhere fine books are sold. What an interview. What a good guy. That was great. And yeah. what a man. That's a real man. That's a man's That's man. a real man. God damn it. That's that guy. I mean, and by the way, he's also the champion of phone connections because that was perfect. It was I outside. It, well, and it was I, I got a little something to say about well, that. The phone going? connection? Yeah, it got a little windy in the yeah. beginning. Oh, right, right. Well, that's no, just but northern the, Minnesota. The connection itself was yeah. uh, Olympic level hey, gold medal. The gold medal connection. <laughs> being at the Thousand Lakes up in. I heard. Yeah. I heard the granddaughters in the background. Not in, bad. In Lake Minnesota. No, no cutoffs. No dropouts. Beautiful. This is the way right. the show you, is you supposed know, to run. In 2013, the Olympics were going to take wrestling out, and he's almost single-handedly had him put it back in. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I forgot. I wanted to bring that up. That. So when, when when Coach Gable shows up and tells you to do something, you, you better do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. grabbed him by the How collar. How do you not have the Olympics in wrestling? It's like having, not having a Big Mac at McDonald's. What right. the you, hell? You have to have uh, the Olympics in wrestling. Uh, wrestling in the Olympics. Oh, man. Exactly. That was fun. Hey, Pete. Uh, Pete is running the music for us today. Yeah, I think. It, you baby. ready, Pete? And we're going to take a break. We'll be back after this. Live yeah. from the garage radio and up. Yeah, play something I can enjoy. Sir. Play something <laughs> nice. Play something I can enjoy. Back after this. That was fun. Yeah, that was great. Oh, it's Hey Tonight by Credence. I like this up. Underrated. A deep cut. Pete on the DJ. Back after this. Radio Nope. Who's this playing guitar, Pete? My dad? I think it's some old dude. Probably long dead. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting this. That's a stone groove right there. Uh, this is, uh, hi guys, it's uh, John Holland. It's ASMR. It's a nice bird. AS- ASMR uh, weekend here. And, uh, I'm just uh, cleaning my room and brushing uh, my hairbrush against the wall and tapping on this uh, Altoids tin. So enjoy. Thank you. All right, we're back live from the broadcast here on Radio Nope. Hey. That was an uh, ASMR break. If you don't know what that is, don't look it up. A-R-O break. A-S-A-R-O. That's when someone screams in your ear the entire time, not whispers. <laughs> We're back here. It's myself, John Houlihan, live from the Barrage Radio Nope. We have Ryan Collison, Traveling Pete. Hey, man. And, of course, the uh, the one and only Mario. The man you love to hate. There's no Tommy and no Pat this week. And, uh, oh, yes. Tom, I have a, a, a message from Tom. Oh, do you? Shall I read it? Yeah, you have a message from Tommy Rockstar? Hold on a second. Don't read it. 
There's a message from Tommy Rockstar. It's a big announcement. What is the announcement? What does Tommy Rockstar text you? I am taking tonight off, my dude. Had to go upstate <laughs> to work on the house. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, is, does dude have umlauts over it? Two, <laughs> two little dots? At the end of it. At the end, okay. Had to go upstate to work on the house. Listening live now. Great interview. You'll have to do the news. I don't think so, Tommy. So put up, it's never put happening up Yahoo again. Odd News on your phone browser no. uh, and read John some stories. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's not for on the air, dude. That's, sorry, Pete. I had your mic down. That won't happen. Sir. That won't happen. I'm not allowed to do the news. Yeah. Does it, hasn't he gotten that memo? Yes. You, were, you did the news once, and no offense, but it was a I complete disaster. I did it twice, disaster. and it was twice a disaster. I like when the robot read it. I'm not good at, <laughs> at the pause like Tommy is. I'm not, I'm not good at the pause. I, I can't do everything. I can't come up with bits, edit everything together, uh, get sound man. clips. Get the show ready. Write interview questions. And read a 250-page book about a, a wrestling coach. I can't do it all. <laughs> I, in, in lieu of the news, I have an interesting story about what happened to Who's me Who's on week. next week? Oh, dude. Oh, I don't know. It's the Van Halen dude. I don't know. Yes, Who it is. is. Yeah, it's the, it's the author of the... No. What's his, his last name? No, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Sorry. He'll be on next week. Eddie Van Halen's going to be. I keep it's forgetting. I can't remember of, names of anymore. Van Halen when in the studio. When they kicked ass. Is right. In, in? Right in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Should we just have no, wrestlers on, on the, every he's week? He's on the phone. What hey, was your interesting story, story, Mario? Well, how many of you guys, when you go shopping, maybe sample <laughs> oh, some man. of the uh, items as you shop? What kind of shopping? Like food shopping. Well, no, if I if I eat something, I I commit it to buying it. Buying it. That's no, the like, way it works. You, know, you can't a, open a me, box and leave it on the shelf. Grape or I, yeah, if you there's eat. a stand offering like you know. I think granola. you could taste the grape. Yeah, you're allowed to. Do I that. mean, I wouldn't. But. All right, so this is. Well, you gotta happens. know if it's in season or not. Yeah, so exactly. I don't want to buy a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> bullshit grapes. I don't want peach. Mario taste every took a bite out of every watermelon in the aisle. No, I go a little bit further. When I go to like Costco or BJ's, the big box stores. I purposely look for, like, I don't open the boxes, but there are always open inventory that some, oh, somebody God. opened the box and obviously helped themselves to Someone like you came before you. <laughs> right, but I've never opened the box on my own. Okay. What's the birthday cake Oreo So now like? I, I, I dip in and I take some Scooby-Doo's treats and I take some of this. <laughs> Scooby-Doo's treats? Dog food? What year is it? Did you do it for a Scooby snack? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 fruit, the fruit bites, whatever they're called. And then there was a, 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 a big thing. What was that, Sco- <laughs> what was that Scooby, Scooby Herder? <laughs> Let's see who the real criminal here is. Scooby-Doo, D-U. It's Mario. So my wife always gives me the paranoia that, oh, somebody has tampered with it. You're going to set yourself up or it hasn't been washed or whatever. So there was a giant carton of uh, Oreo of uh, chocolate chip M&M cookies, and they were wide open. So I had one, and it was pretty good. And then I ran around, walked around, and I came back for a second. You ran around because the security was chasing you? <laughs> I came back for a second and third. And, and now I'm eating the third one. And all of a sudden, I get this weird taste in my mouth, a, a real sour acidity taste. Mm-mm. And I'm like, that's it. I'm being poisoned. This is the one my wife's been telling me about. It's happening. It's finally happening. And I, I'm chewing. I'm chewing. I'm like, I'm not going to swallow. So I get a piece of wax paper, and I spit it out. And now I'm holding it in my card, and I'm, like, getting nervous because I'm actually feeling hot and cold sweat, and I had this bad taste, and I'm like, I'm just going to die here. <laughs> this is finally happening to me. <laughs> so I find the manager, 
<laughs> and this is what I have to tell him. I said, excuse me, I, I got something to tell you. He goes, well, what is it? I said, Look, it's not something I'm really proud to say. <laughs> I said, I, I don't open the box, but there was an open box of cookies, and I had a few. And I'm I, not feeling so hot. I, one of them tasted really weird, and now I feel really shit. He goes, oh, we sell a lot of those cookies. I wouldn't worry about it. I said, yeah, but what if somebody like left it open with, and, and poisoned it on purpose for like people like right. me? It's, it's like the Tylenol in you the think, You think there are, are, are terrorists, food terrorists, poisoning uh, food to stop you from mind, taking free samples? Every 12 Oreo will be poisoned. So now I'm like... I'm going to go back, and 99 percenters <laughs> have to get behind me. Chain yourselves. One line. Chain We're yourselves to host this display cases all across America. <laughs> so I, I had to tell them that I steal the cookies from the open containers. And <laughs> I got to tell you, I steal the cookies. I brought them to the package, and I'm like, look, I have a, a plastic bag. I'm like, this is the one I chewed. I and steal I'm, two frozen quesadillas. <laughs> I threw a cookie. I'm not to feel so uh, high. I'm on my ass. You, did you ask if they have like a nurse's office or something? Well, I said, I'm going to put two more in a plastic bag. I said, if something happens to me, I want these cookies tested. <laughs> if anything happens goes, to me. All right, go ahead. Don't worry. Test these double stuff. I, want the co- I knew it was Natalia. Twinkie the kid. Stracci. I knew it was you all along. I'm glad to report. It might have been psychosomatic. Poison my chips are hard. <laughs> I am alive. <laughs> You soft baked cookies. But I've learned my lesson. And the radio is better for. Ah, oh, the pen fell out of my mouth. Stracci. <laughs> so you don't eat while you shop? No. no. I don't really what, shop. What did anymore. I say to somebody about garlic, Ryan? Remember? What I do is I take a can of soup, I open it, and I boil it up right there in the aisle. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Hobo soup. I take like a whole can I of. Ch- I'm like, I'm just testing it. I take, I bring it to a boil. I pour it into a bowl, and I open up a folding chair. And I, I eat half the can of soup. I put the lid back on. I put it back on the shelf. Hot. The hobo gourmet. Hot. Hot. Dude, I don't even. My fridge is just nothing but like seltzer water, a carton of smokes, <laughs> and like four heavies. Like oh, it's just awful. That is so choochy that you, you keep saw, your carton like of smokes oil, yeah, it's just in the fridge to keep them fresh, bro. <laughs> 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 Gotta keep them fresh. What yeah. about Chinese food boxes? No, that doesn't stick around too long. Yeah, they go, like, they go, they go stale. I got a butter thing from like a year ago. Like it's just <laughs> not like. It's well, you're a bachelor, Pete. Oh, if anyone looks at it, they run for the hills. Right. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's you, you, you date. You're the on hills. the dating scene when a, a girl comes over. Do you clean up at least? Or no, I just tell her don't look in the fridge <laughs> and don't put the light on in the bathroom. You cover the entire. <laughs> is it possible to cover the entire apartment in a sheet? <laughs> no, the rest of it's clean. It's the fridge that's embarrassing. Yeah, you I gotta am, clean the fridge. I'd man. like to come to your no, apartment one day, uh, Pete, and do an inspection. Come for the uh, feast. <laughs> you're having a feast? No, I'm people like, on the chat box want to know where you got the wax paper. <laughs> oh well, you know where they have it. Where you, you, st- you sampled that too. You stole the, a piece of wax. At the bagel place, right? It's when you grab the bread, yeah. is it the feast of San Fanzanone? It's it's San Gennaro, man. It's fucking great. Right, uh, you have to say it right where I took a sip of my ice tea. Sorry, I do that sometimes. <laughs> Ryan, you remember what I told you the other day? I never pay for when I go shopping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dang, garlic is a human right, apparently. Oh. oh, condiments are supposed to be free everywhere, probably. Yeah, is, I've right, never it? paid for a clove of garlic in my life. Mario also, when we go, he carries around, as evidenced on every vacation, little tiny plastic things full of hot red pepper. And what's the other one? Yeah, garlic. and We have the garlic. He the has his personal pepper, condiments. The oil and uh, the uh, uh, the oregano and parsley. Everything's in the wrong bottle. Like are the you? red pepper's <laughs> in like a, an <laughs> Oxycontin yeah. bottle. The, I have uh, those little bottles from the airplane, the uh, the liquor bottles. They're good for holding. The like garlic this. isn't like a a, a spray a spray bottle of bleach. Are you like my grandfather Mario? Whenever we'd go to Florida to see my grandparents, we'd go out to uh, Bobby Rubino's or some restaurant down there, and he would always take the sugar and be like, "Here, here, put this in your pocket. Oh, take man. the bread. Put this in your pocket." I, I like the little packages of. of 
peanut butter, even though I'm allergic, and the jelly and the cream cheese ones are the best. Where do you get the package? I had a great coach, when you question go to those for breakfasts. Coach Gable that I forgot to ask him now that you just reminded me. And now I just forgot. Do you what like was it? do you like peanut butter? Crunchy. I'm, a, I'm allergic. <laughs> Not you, you like the Coach Gable. The smooth there, Coach. <laughs> I wanted to ask him if because Mario brought up the grandkids that now that he has grandkids, like are they at practice and the coach is there coaching them, and all of a sudden he like. Dan freaking Gable shows up, like he pulls up in a car, and he's sitting there, and you're like, oh, God. That's gotta be one I got rebel. this guy watching me. Listen. Here he pushes you out of the way. He's like, he hey, just sits in the – I got this. I got, I got this. this. Yeah, I, he's sitting in the audience quietly <laughs> judging you, and you're like, oh, man, the pressure is on. I coach uh, Pele's grandson in soccer. This is not a lie. I coach freaking Pele's grandson in soccer. Right. Legitimate or illegitimate? No, his real grandson. <laughs> I bet Pele's got kids all over the world. No, his daughter is Kelly, and uh, I heard he scored a lot. Thank oh. you. Oh, I will. Can we, uh, Kelly he's Pele? Never sh- he's never showed up at the at a game. Thank it's, God. Is it Kelly Pele? <laughs> Kelly Pele. That's true. Are you sure her name's not Kelly? Morty. But now Tordy. she's married, so she has a different surname. O'Connor, right? So back to the garlic. Donigan. You don't have to pay for garlic if you're Italian. You know that. <clears throat> it's a birthright. Garlic should be outlawed. <laughs> Imagine all over in your last year of teaching, you get arrested for stealing <laughs> garlic and lose garlic. your pension. That would oh, yeah. be the greatest. <laughs> Listen, all they have to do is uh, accumulate the, the transcripts mm. of this show, and I'd lose my pension. <laughs> what are you in for? Uh, pull up a chair, partner, and uh, let's cook this pizza because I got something to show you. <laughs> I've cut this for a free garlic, Mar- slice Mar- it thin with a razor blade. Mario's in federal prison. He's he's whipping up garlic batches in the toilet. Cutting <laughs> it with a razor blade. Yeah. <laughs> I it melts quick. Yeah. Don't put too much onion in. <laughs> well, there you go. Always That's puts a, too much this onion. It's the Mario Hour. Hey, Mario, I did want to ask you. You want to play, uh, um, what is it called? That's News to Me with Mario? Remember, like, a couple yeah. weeks ago, he just decided that he figured out the rapture. Right. And he decided vacations <laughs> were for the kids. And I want to see what he knows. It's time to play That's, That's news, news to Me. Actually, you should say it. It's yeah. time to play That's News to Me <laughs> with Mario Asaro. <laughs> I just, I'll give you a word, Mario, you, and define it for me, okay? It's not, it's a common word, not that hard. All right, I might know Do you some know though. what this means? Laissez-faire. Sure, that's a, a tete-a-tete word that when you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when uh, you just let things roll off your shoulders. All right, well, that's close what enough. What does tete-a-tete <laughs> mean? Uh, tit-for-tat. All right, let's keep with the uh, head to head, uh, foreign uh, theme. This one's in Latin. Uh, Veni Vidi Vici. What does that mean? Do you know what that means? Oh, come on. I say, I say, I came, I saw, I conquered. Very good. That's, that's news to me with Mario. He's 2-0, and oh, just like Dan Gable in Street Fights. Nice job, Mario. Yeah. Good job. I could take him, I do have something that's confused me lately. I'm watching the news. <laughs> they say that in New Hampshire there's an opioid epidemic, so I want to know how I get some of these opioids uh, and what the hell are they? Well, opioids are, the, are pills. Well, it, well, the opioids are heroin or anything, but, but the... It turns out it's probably easier to get the pills in a lot of these states. And it's Actually, what you, it's, it's the oxycons. Oh, oh, oh so I'm already in on it's, that. Uh, it's right. the opposite problem. Oh. that people are on prescription That's news medicine. To me. I'm, yeah. I'm like oxy, yeah. turn them down for a second, and then they can't get <laughs> any more, so they end up either buying it illegally if they can manage to, sure. or they just switch over to they heroin. Right to the yeah, heroin being a lot cheaper, right. so you get hooked, and then you go right. you go to the street drugs. Because says, you know, you're in pain and you're You see in double. Yeah, oh, all right. a, so it's I'm, a big I'm a, epidemic. But they're gonna, what they're going to quickly, what they're going to do with this uh, so-called epidemic and these, so they're building up the news for this kind of things to, so they can crack down on recreational drug use and put more people in jail. And Jeff Sessions is because that's his mission. So don't look for any uh, treatment from this uh, attorney general on addiction. 
look for more people locked up. Fantastic. God bless yeah. America. We can get our cards in New York. Now, Anything right? else uh, that might be news to me, John? You got any one more? Yeah, I have one more. Um... Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing, everybody. Ryan yeah. Game, where we expose these smart asses for the dumbasses they really are. All Here's right. your host, Ryan yeah. Collison. Woo. Let's move on with the game. Every week, Ryan comes up with a game. We have no idea what it's going to be. Bah, bah, bah. It's a lot of fun. And play along at home. I wonder what the Ryan game is this week. What's the game, Ryan? I'm going to wrestle Mario this <laughs> oh, week. Oh, got it. We get to bet on this? Is it freestyle, oh, yeah. like Greco-Roman? Or, yeah. <laughs> I, I will do it, but I will lose. Greco-Roman. Chop. Uh, <laughs> tonight, we're going to play uh, a, a variation of Name That Tune. Oh, good. Yes. Uh, in this case, however, I'm going to play a song that is sped up. Alrighty. And you gotta guess what the name of the song is. How sped up are we talking? Uh, by 400%. Oh, shit. Yes. It's, uh, I, I, it's been through a time shift uh, uh, processor and Pro Tools. and. Uh, it's Name That Tomb. And, uh, to the extreme. It's amazing how you do this. So uh, I don't know where the buzzers are, but uh, I don't think we Maybe need them tonight. Let's we'll just, just yell it out. The well, there's, only four, yeah. there's only four of us here. Please play along at yeah. home. We'll keep uh, scoring the chat box. Thank you. Right, so uh, here we go. Hey, right, let's start with this one right here. Ready? Right, here we go with the Ryan game. Is my level up on your on the board on the console? Uh, Am I good? Ready? Yeah. Okay, I'm is up Is your here. volume up on your thing? It sure is. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, at the, I'm at max capacity. Sweet. Max power. Here we go. Welcome to the jungle. Angel of death. Angel of death. Oh. Pat Walsh in the chat box has the answer. I believe he's correct. And the answer is... The Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades. Patrick came into the chat box just to kick our ass at the game, apparently. Uh, one nothing, Pat in the lead. <laughs> Very good. I knew I recognized it. I just couldn't place it. My brain knew it, Is it somehow. Running with the Devil, isn't that part of that song? That's a different song. That's a Van Halen song. Uh, Carlin Reed, also song. Rick Murphy getting a bit, but, but Pat beating everyone to the punch. All right. Let's move on with the game. Number two. Whoops, hold on, hold on. Number two, Jeter. Number two. Number two. For me now to you. Number two. Here we go. Oh, man, I know this. Oh, man, that's so familiar. Oh, this is a Beatles song. No? Oh, that's just George Martin's sped-up harpsichord. <laughs> That's actually live footage of Ween. Yeah, it's the amph amphetamine year. No, that's not, that's not edited. <laughs> that was uh, All Down the Line by the Rolling oh, Stones. Oh, man. Oh, all all right. Down 
Nobody not. getting any. I think they're going to get easier. <laughs> no, I like it. I like that it's hard. I like this right. game. Oh, I thought this was going to oh. be too easy, oh. but uh, well, here's the third one. Hello, Doctor Smile, friend of uh, uh, Simon and Garfield. What is Layla? What is Layla? <laughs> 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 Oh, it's uh, the replacements um, uh, can't hardly wait. That's right. Thank you. Very good job. <laughs> this doesn't help if I don't know this song in regular we speed. We should have sped that up. We should have sped up the best around. That would have yeah. been funny. <laughs> All right, here's one from Mario. I skipped the meeting. <laughs> Aqualung, locomotive bread. The teacher. Thick as a brick. You're so close, Mario. Cross-eyed Mary. That's it. Cross-eyed uh, Mary. See? Wow. see? That's it's not fair if I don't know the songs. And now he plays Jethro Tull. Yeah, personally for you. I look out for everybody. Thank all right. You, let's give Mario yeah, one point. Pat, one point. Is that all we got? All right. And so, you get one point. For what? For Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. Oh, right. Nice. Uh, sweet. Number 12. Devo. Space trucker? Carlin Reed got it, by the way. Did he? Yes, he did. That's Chipmunks. It's Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. (laughs) Nice job. (laughs) Carlin Reed, Patrick Walsh, uh, myself, and Mario. Over the point. (laughs) It's a Chili Peppers version. Here's the next one. Good job, Carly. Oh, hold on, I'm coming. That's it. Right away. Wow. How'd you get that? Uh, Because I listen to that song all the time. That's a great tune. Little Sam and Dave coming at you. Hold on, baby, I'm coming. How about that? All right, here's another. This Me one's too. Hard. This one's hard. So is this one. Oh. Oh. Not Steely Dan. Nope. Oh man! Wow. If I heard it, you know. I mean, I'm sure we all know yeah, it, yeah. but yeah, I, you definitely know it. I, I can't. I can't. Uh, that's Prince oh. with "I Want to Be a Lover." Oh man, that's really sped up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody getting that. Right. Oh, Sully's wrote, that's fucking Prince. You want to give Sully's a point? Oh, yeah, Sully's got it. I want to be a lover. He there got it. Go. They're on a little bit of a delay. Give that guy something. Right, everyone has Chicago a point. Time. Except for Ryan. I mean, except, except for, for Pete me, yeah. and uh, everyone else. <laughs> All right, here comes question number you keep eight. Keep it score, Mario? Yeah, do you have two points, John? I got you for yes. two. Yes. Question number eight. You got Sully? I do. Okay. Don't count on there. 
Um, that's Patience by Guns N' Roses. Right. <laughs> oh. I it was Tumbling Tumbleweed. <laughs> Tumbling Tumbleweed. <laughs> Old Rusty. Old Gil. Is the same song? Yeah. Uh, Tommy would have gotten that. Sounds better. Okay, Way better. Let's get to the end of that. <laughs> Three points. Thank you. You're in the lead. All right. Damn Question right I am. number nine. That was a good one. Number nine. Ready? Here we go. Number nine. <laughs> it all sounds like Gang of Four. <laughs> sounds like the Chipmunks. Mario saying that sped up music sounds like Carlin a Reed. Carlin Reed got it right. Wow, Carlin Reed, excellent job. What is it? What is Respect it? by Aretha Franklin. Oh, good job, Carlin. Carlin, I even though he got one right, I think he only has one point, no? No, two. he got, he got one of them. Second. Carlin's got second. three right. He's got at least two. three. Two, yeah. three. Two. No? two. Two. No. He doesn't get the first one because Pat beat him. Uh, I don't think that was the same one, but. No, he's got two. I've kept track. All right. Ah, live in the garage, radio note. Question number 10. I got 13 questions. Oh, fuck. There's four more left. Here we go. All right. Um, I know it's a Ramones. This is, nor- this is normal speed, too, by Blitzkrieg the way. Bob. Blitzkrieg Bob. Yeah. Rockaway Beach? No. You got, oh, uh, you got it right. right? That's it. Rockaway okay. Beach. Thank God I gave the Ramones thing away. I should have kept my mouth shut. I heard one, two, three, four. That was played at regular speed, by the way. So. Oh, man, I needed that point. Here we go for three more left. <laughs> That's the concert from 78. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cokey years. That was at the Continental. It was the Spectre years. God save the queen. Milo goes to college. This is the worst MOD song. Smells like Team Spirit. Nobody got it? Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, it's Beastie Boys. Shoot the Thrill. Heart Attack. Shoot the Thrill is correct, Chat Box. Patrick Walsh on again with two points. Shoot the Thrill is correct, Patrick. Thank you. Nice job. I could play this game all day. Rick Murphy also getting that. Rick Murphy saying it's ACDC. But the Pat is correct once again with two points. Well, I got uh, two left. Two left and two people that can tie you, John. No, okay. All right, here we go for number 12. Oh. You Wrecked Me by Tom Petty? Scott. I'm 
start it over. Maybe if you heard from the top one more time, it might make sense. Here it goes. <laughs> That beginning's a dead giveaway. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I heard a lyric in there I recognize. I can't. I can't. Oh, it's uh, Jimi Hendrix, Stone Freak. Right. That was that was the lyric I heard. Oh. Um, if I stay too long. But uh. But uh. Not be beat. Oh man. You cannot be beat, John. But, uh, Take the last one. I heard, if I stay too long, that's why I guessed. What was the other song I guessed? Uh, Tom Petty. If I stay too long, because they have the same lyric. Oh, Thank you wreck me? Is that yeah, what you're heard, talking about? Yeah, I heard that. Thank you. Right. That was my thinking. Good job. I'm like the Dan Gable of uh, Stone so, Free. So that's it. You, you, you're the winner, Let's huh? hear the other ones, though. You want to hear the last got one? The last yeah, one. Let's one go. more. All right, one more. The tiebreaker would have been me re this wrestling is, you, by the way. This is, uh, <laughs> this is scrimmage. Here we go. This is Ian McKay's band before Minor Threat. It's Egg Crutch. Mud Crutch. <laughs> wow, this game gave me a headache. Yeah, I got Getting dizzy. I'm ready to go to the punk rock show myself. Boy. Okay. Nobody, right. nobody right. seems to be getting that uh, one. The chorus is very distinct. I'm Chat surprised. Box? Is it Coxbar? <laughs> <laughs> chat box? Cox. Nope. nope. Nothing coming out of the chat box. <laughs> I don't see anything. Eat a fucking bag of dicks Whoa. for all I care. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, okay, blow me. It's a family show. Sorry, forgot about that. And the answer is the no answer? one getting the chat box getting it, Ryan. I guess tell us the answer of the question, the last question. The answer is whatever gets you through the night. Oh, by Julian Lennon. That's oh, all right. That's I Julian have, Lennon. I I'm only kidding. That. It's John Lennon. John Lennon. John. 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 That's what. John. That's what uh, Susan Waldman says. She goes, John. John Lennon of the Beatles. The pitches in. What a Ryan game. Excellent job, Raise Ryan. Your drink Thank of you. choice, gentlemen. It's uh, five points for the winner, John Hula. Hey, John. Cheers. Cheers, John. I feel pretty good. You I'm, should. Ever since I talked to Coach Dan Gable, I don't think I'm going to lose anything anymore. Now you're a man. Food, ta you know food tastes be better. Man. I will be um, uh, challenging people on the street to many different contests. You just got to keep thinking about the future, man. <laughs> Feats of strength and all sorts of things. Ryan knows I'm I'm pretty competitive guy. How about a Greco-Roman reach-around? <laughs> that grip. I'm the champ. <laughs> what is the difference between Pete, come here. Let me wrestle you. The hula hand grip. Yeah. <laughs> With the thumb out. You know, it's all about the thumb cupping the thumb. And the right. Uh, that, but that was, I wonder, I, I meant to ask him then, do you think, but it didn't fit. Oh, we could like drop if the iron, second. With if the, the iron sheik, like, ripped that off of him with the camel clutch. So you, like, lock both your hands together. And the camel clutch, first of all, is a move that if you did it in real life, you would rip the other man's head off, I think. Like, if you were that big, if you were the size of the iron sheik, uh, and you pull the guy's head back like that, you break his neck. You got my clutch. You don't that you don't win the match. You kill the man. <laughs> yeah, you, you're on manslaughter. Right there, you should yeah. know it's scripted because that's a, it's pulling someone's head back like that. Just that doesn't make any yeah, sense. You're putting them in a wheelchair. I put my kids in the camel clutch yeah. once in a while. I showed them the Boston crab also. <laughs> a Boston and crab. And then they they laugh and scream at the same time. It's hilarious. <laughs> 
You know what that is, right? You know that move? It's the Boston crab. Oh, yeah. uh, the hands, be, the it's arms like, behind the legs. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the Bret Hart thing, but you don't cross the legs. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, you're bending yeah. them backwards. It's hilarious. Listen, it's I Jay says it's I a fucking fight. big sea turtle. The Boston crab? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god! What the fuck is that, bro? Oh my god, John! That's, you gotta call someone. That's uh, the guy. Uh, he, uh, Jay is wrestling him, and he did, just put him in the Boston Crab. Oh my god, Jay! <laughs> Let's Wait. fucking hook that shit, and we'll be on the fucking news, man. Oh man, man, we need fucking help, buddy. Jay, that is still good meat on that fucking fish. <laughs> the tip. Boston Crab. I was speaking of the Boston Crab. I sat on my couch last night and watched Goodwill Hunting. I, I don't think I ever watched that movie. It's kind of bad and good at the same time. I just worked for that director. Did you? Well, last, who directed that thing? Meatloaf Foreman's? No. Meatloaf? No. Meatloaf Foreman. Meatloaf Foreman, the sausage king of <laughs> yeah. Chicago? He's in the 731 local. <laughs> yeah. um, it was uh, Gus Van Sant. Name, please, Meatloaf Foreman. The Meatloaf. So- the yeah. sausage king of Chicago. You better pay your dues, son. So what happened? What were we talking about? You were cutting for uh, Oh, the director. Yeah, I watched that movie. It has some good spots. It has cribs. some cheesy spots. Oh, I got something good. for you. Did you yeah. ever did you ever hear John Sterling reading a shopping list? <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. From the Yankees, the broadcaster. Can I, can did I play they this make him quick? do that or something? I, yeah, I go don't ahead. know. I don't know what the uh, the background. Does he is. jazz the products? Like, yeah, it's it does it in his excellent uh, eggs. Here, I'm oh, going to play it real go. quick. See if it works. Two hours from now, stay tuned for Tuna Can Jones <laughs> and the Top Dollar Hour. For those still up, right okay, here on we're Radio Now. For a while, huh? Why he's not on right after my show? Who knows? For those night owls. That's just all I got. Skipping the ad. I hear tuna can. I, I think C train. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. true. Jay, One Jay, we can get some big money for that. If it's a fucking fish, Vidalia buddy. Come on. Onions. <laughs> Extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> Hand churned guacamole. <laughs> Pimento oh, cheese, cut russet potatoes, Every July. semi-sweet chocolate morsels, Peas grow there. asparagus, canned cream, corn, beef tongue, balsamic vinaigrette, Release. chicken liver, veal <laughs> cutlet, what the- almond nut butter, Time out. pickled that. ginger, coconut water. <laughs> Do they just plug him, plug him in, like saying, "Is, is this a yeah, professional they, thing?" They, they, they gave they, him a list. No, they had him to read out. out. Yeah. What? Read. But but for the for like live for for what commercials? It's he's on Yes Network. It's filler, or on is yes it for Network. a goof? No, it's filler on the Yes Network. It's got to be for a goof. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like know Mr. if they King. plug him in later it's, on. It's titled Cool Whip. <laughs> it's called John Sterling reads Fucking a grocery fireball. list. Fireball. <laughs> One <laughs> dozen God. farm fresh eggs. <laughs> Looks like the Frankensteiner. <laughs> Dahlia onions. Looks like a diving bulldog. Oh, shit. Extra virgin olive oil. Ooh, Hand- reverse hangman. <laughs> Take it ace. Turned guacamole. <laughs> Looks like we've got the diamond dust. Cut russet potatoes. <laughs> Looks like the phoenix splash. Semi-sweet chocolate morsels. Looks As- like a tilt-a-whirl crossbody, <laughs> sir. Like arrogance. Canned cream corn. <laughs> like Beef <a> tongue. <laughs> Beef tongue. Who gets tongue anymore? Balsamic vinaigrette. Chicken liver. Veal cutlet. Veal cutlet. Almond nut butter. <laughs> Pickled ginger. Coconut water. <laughs> Nutella. Tabasco sauce. French baguettes. Can't forget dessert. 
mint chocolate chip ice cream. Nutella. Wow. Nutella. <laughs> this whole line is changing. Oh my God, that's incredible. I need to know the backstory. Oh behind. my nice, God, Jake. Nice <laughs> that's Yankee, uh, Yankees radio announcer John Sterling. It's Twenty-seven rings of victory. <laughs> <laughs> we know a small farm in Lincolnshire, Nebraska. I know a Vidalia onion. Every July, peas. <laughs> This, well, that's the show. Yeah, this, on that note, yeah. this is a lot of shit. <laughs> a lot of shit, you know. A gunk from outside. What's I, a gunk? I went to broadcasting school. Oh, there was something I wanted to do. I forgot what it was. Well, we got time. Plenty of time here. Had it, baby. Listen to Live from the Barrage on Radio Nup, and I forgot what I wanted to do next, so. I don't know. What do you guys want to do? have something there, John. <laughs> you forgot to do wrestling move, crap, not crap, with the coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. We had Coach Dan <clears throat> Gable on for such a long time, I didn't think that, uh, well, first of all, the music crap, not crap. I don't know if that would have worked. Maybe it would have been fun. But I, we are, are, already had had him on for an hour and ten minutes at that point. Was it that long? And I, I, I'm sure he would have talked more. He sounded like he was into it. But I didn't want to keep him on too much longer. I know he was with his family. He's and uh, banging walleyes. Yeah. He's uh, banging walleyes and stripers right out of the lake. <laughs> right there. They're bouncing out there. He's frying them right up on the campfire. Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wanted to test the red Listen, talk. he brought up the politics, and I didn't. But we stayed pretty. I think he that stayed neutral. pretty was neutral. <laughs> I think he was feeling us out to see John, where it would go. Like, yeah, I'm, you I'm, a cop, Paul? Yeah, but every every time I talk, you talk over me. That's I see the I'm trying now, not to, but did you see it's the West working. Virginia? I got a uh, bunch of pink West Virginia rally yesterday. No. What was up with that guy on the right of him? Oh, that you, guy was having an orgasm. Oh, you posted that one. Yeah. Oh my God! It's like Rudy. It looks like Rudy. <laughs> did you see it, John? I saw some picture. I didn't understand what was happening. But the guy, if you see it live, the guy is like he could be Fuck front it. row at Guns and Roses. He's like, yes. Yeah, I mean, he's hand moves. Finally, his wife just pushes him out of the way because he's hogging the camera. And everybody's like looking at him. And then at one point, they just stop and they cut to some guy being dragged off. It's like, don't they even know the first rule of like when a guy runs on the baseball field, don't put it on camera? They just showed this guy getting carted off with the cops like tackling him. We saw somebody running out on the field naked, right? Tackle. Yeah, but not on TV. Twice. Uh, yeah, Pete, we were there we went the, that the, shit. Yeah, uh, the... yeah, but then there, we saw this season two people run on the in field. In the flesh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it yeah, happened right nev- in front of them. They'll never show it on TV. That was no, before but... the net by the third baseline. Now they have this net to stop <laughs> people from getting killed by foul balls. I don't know. Well, one thing that bothered me about what, what he came up with about this new immigration policy, right, that you have to be vetted, uh, only taking the best of the best, like, uh, none of our parents would have made it in here. Well, maybe Ryan's parents would have <laughs> blue bloods. But, my my uh, family's been here for over 150 years. What can right. you do? I can pick stones out of the fucking mud. <laughs> what can you do? I'm making a sauce. You're both out of here. The parallel to <laughs> charter schools is amazing. Because that's what charter schools do. Oh, we'll have great schools, but we'll only pick the schools that we want to come right, to our schools. Everybody we'll have a great Strums. country. We'll just pick the immigrants we want. It's Immigration Corner with Mario Asaro. Well, that's the news to me. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Vidalia onions. <laughs> cool whip. <laughs> Chicken livers. I, I want to go to California and go on The Price is Right, man. That show, I watch it every day now with my son. <laughs> that show is amazing. You, wait a second. Yeah, well, Price are you is, watching the Price well, you're is watching because right it's the summertime. Price is Right is, was, was what you watched when you cut school. When you were sick, right, right. quote unquote. I want to uh, do the one with the costume and then go run over to the next studio and do the Price is Right. I would kick ass in that oh, show. He wants to do the, let's make a deal. That's the hey, dirty, cheap asshole. Come on down. No, what's the name? Oh, sorry. $701. Wayne Brady. What dollar, Bob? 
Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady hosts Let's Make yeah, a Deal. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does a good job of it. Wayne Brady that's hosts a, The Price is Right. That's a gravy train yeah. and Pascal Wheel. No, and no. Drew. What happened to the other guy? No, Drew no, Carey. Drew hosts, Drew hosts the, the Price is Right. Wayne does the Let's Make a Deal. Yeah. That Drew Carey guy annoys shit out of me for some reason. Golden ticket. He's like hosting The Price is Right, and he seems like pissed off about it. No. It's like, dude, if you don't want to host The Price is Right, just go home. He lives in the Playboy Mansion. He's not a good game show host. He pays rent to Hef. He looks pissed off. He's got a puss on his face. He's a big sour puss. Big I don't sour see ass. that. I don't see that. No, I've been you, watching. You got to watch more. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's right, time man. to play Plinko again. Like Bob Barker would be barking right in your face, all excited about every game. Bob he's not excited when somebody runs down there. Bob I'm, I'm like still waiting for my drumstick shape. Screw him. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the Old story? School. If you live in California, you just show up. You get tickets for that every day, and just yeah. Didn't we have somebody on who was on the Prices Right once? You you got to order the tickets, and then you got to plan your trip around when they give you tickets. What, was it car. was it Jake? Remember Tommy's friend Jake Roxoff? Did he go on the Prices Right? Was it Joe Litek? No. Oh. <laughs> I, I, somebody, I, I don't know the person, but a friend of a friend went on Price is Right and won everything. That was the, uh, when Joe Latex went on the Price is Right, that was the uh, classic six and a half hour episode. That's when Bob quit. <laughs> I hear he's uh, just about sobering enough, up right Bob's now. Like, but, what know, happened to Ben like, Bass, by the way? He was on Jeopardy. He was on Jeopardy. Yeah, he did. Does he not listen any? I guess I he doesn't. I haven't heard from no, Ben in a he while. Doesn't, he doesn't listen. One time I, he said something and I, I made a joke and he sent me a message like yelling at me about making jokes. I'm like, all right, dude. Yeah. What? He's still my friend. (laughs) Jeopardy champion Ben Bass. I think he writes crossword puzzles and stuff. That's not a bad gig. He's a smart guy. Does he make Sudoku? (laughs) Yeah, he makes Sudoku. He makes Ken Ken. I see words like numbers. (laughs) You're listening to Live from the Barrage on Radio Nope. Our guest is Coach Dan Gable of the University of Iowa. Next week. Who's on next week? The Van, Van Halen, Halen tour, yeah, I know. I keep guy. screwing up. And not Live in the studio, Van Halen. John, I'd like to invite you next <laughs> Friday morning if you can make it. Well, you know I work on Fridays. Oh, you do? Oh, can I take you, your this is what This is another symptom of how you pay zero attention to my life. I work on Friday. I thought. Where do you think I come from from the show? Yeah, and why I'm complaining about being tired the whole time? You're done early. And how I have to take you? a nap. I'm sorry, Cotton Eye Jive. Cotton Eye John. Cotton Eye John. Where have you come from? What do you do? He's working every, the Mozart Fest. Every day, Mario, I complain on the air about how I have to work Fridays and come in here, and then you forget. That's true. It's crazy. Join the club. All right, what I'm about a, a Tuesday? Can we do something on a Tuesday? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> what, how early? Because I get, I get home from work on, on tu- uh, Tuesday morning, like at 9 in the morning, then I have to sleep for a little while. What do you get up, like at 4? Like, huh? What, what time do you wake up? Like when you knock off at like 10. You get up at six and you're all fucked up. Knock off like, at ten. No, what time do you fall asleep when you get running home? a gym? Running a gym? No, but like, what do you what what shift are you talking about? If you're home at nine and you conk out, yes. What time do you wake up? Oh, I sleep. It depends. Everyone's in school. Everything all Everyone's screwy. away at practice. All my wife's screwy. at work. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, I, I'm all, it's all screwy. Yeah, it's taken years off my life. I, I, I'm gonna die. I try to sneak at in work. and, and cuddle up die. with him, but uh, he's changed the locks. I'm gonna die changing a urinal cake. I, I, I don't change the urinal cake. <laughs> if one gets stuck in the pipe, then you call me. <laughs> I'm not maintenance, man. <laughs> There's Mark Malusis right now. <laughs> Running with the devil. Devil. Mark Malusis. There's a book about um, uh, running with the... 
Running with the Devil. Have backstage, you read any of that? Is it good? Yes, I started to read it. Uh, backstage, I don't have it on me. It's in my backpack. You could... My knapsack. Running with the Devil, a backstage pass to the Wild Times, Loud Rock, and the Down and Dirty Truth behind the making of Van Halen by Noel Monk with Joe Layden. That's on HarperCollins. And uh, you can get that. Uh, listen, listen, that thing's on online for twelve ninety nine. That's really cheap. I, I can't wait to get through this book, and I can't wait to have uh, Noel Monk on because that's it's gonna be it's gonna be hats off to Larry in here. You could pick that book up anywhere and just like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Like, last week Pete last was just week, opening up to any page, just... and everything is gold. I mean, how is that? That that's like you know that book. We were in Long Beach in '79. Yeah, it was... it's it, you'd be hard pressed to find a book that I want to read yeah. more. I, than I'm that. really impressed with your guy's ability to read. <laughs> I really am. How'd you get a master's How'd degree? You? How many books have you read in your life? A master's ma- master's degree, Mario. I read for informational purposes only now, but uh, I did you have never finished a book front Jonathan to back. Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Uh, uh, Jonathan what? The Jonathan Livingston Siegel. The Godfather. Uh, Helter the Skelter. Godfather. What were the other books that I read <laughs> in their entirety? Uh, you got the old, all the school ones, the Pygmalion and the other one, the Odyssey, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies is like when you read like eighth grade. Yeah, or yeah well, that's grade. the last time I read. <laughs> And did you did you wrestle your dad and beat his ass when you were in eighth grade? No, you did not. And you knew the alpha was them. The, the student, my son has surpassed me. The student has become the master. I was showing my dad my pitching form with an apple, and the apple slipped out of my hand and gave him a black eye, and then I ran and hit for cover. <laughs> I remember beating my dad legitimately in arm wrestling for was, the first time, and he was crushed. He was, was absolutely crushed. My dad never let us win at anything. We played games all the time at the dinner table and uh, trivia and all sorts of stuff like that. Never, ever, ever gave an inch. Never let me win. And I'm, I'm glad. I should have asked Dan about that. Coach Dan, if Mr. Gable thought that He's playing trivial pursuit, not letting the kids win is a, a thing, something he subscribed to. I, so I have a million more questions. Do you remember a lot of wrestlers like, that you went to school with? There, I, no, I, I don't think I had anything. wrestling at Holy Cross High School. All we had a couple, and, but I think they're all bouncers now. Like it's just like I couldn't remember of like who was. No, we're a big football, soccer. We didn't have it either. Basketball. Right? We we actually had a judo team. I was on the judo team. I think nice. Clancy. Yeah, had it was good. We were pretty good. But then we fought West Point and judo toss. <laughs> judo toss. <laughs> they, well, they was, have guns. I wasn't there for that, but boy, That's they bullshit. kicked the shit at everybody. <laughs> they went out into the yeah. street afterwards and started beating people. No, but I couldn't remember anyone. Like I couldn't remember the wrestling in high school. Like. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was, I was drawing well, blanks. Yeah. You yeah. were wasted. I'm thinking yeah. about having kind of a Lord of the Flies scenario in here. I wasn't getting to school before. Is Mario going to be piggy? Absolutely. Well, does he get, get, the, get the conch? Are we getting Eugene? <laughs> we throw him off a cliff or something? I forget what Ooh, happens to that. At the cruise, I'll get smoke out of the At the conch. Nassau Bahamas, they have a lot of conch. We'll get some of that. Conch fritter. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. This has been Live from the Barrage. Yes, thank you. Here on Radio Nope. We're very glad to uh, have all of you listening. We're very glad to, um, we're appreciative of yeah. Brian Musikoff filling in for uh, Brad, who is filling in for Tree on Preemptive Strike, <laughs> which is uh, immediately before our show every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. At 8 p.m. Eastern, you can hear us in an hour and a half from now, or an hour and 45 minutes from now, you'll hear Tuna Can Jones and the Top Dollar Hour. And we are utmost thanks extended to Mr. Coach Dan Gable, what a great interview, yes. great guy, and um, I'm, I can't wait to finish this book because I need it as a self-help tool. <laughs> <laughs> He's a motivational speaker, <laughs> right? Yeah. He is. Yeah. I, I have. Of a course, he, have I you have, heard him speak? I was motivated as, as heck. I kind of want to hire him to like sit in my house and, and straighten me out, <laughs> like every morning, just smack me around a little bit, like just stop whining. You're not going to quit. Go Do back the out dishes. there. Yeah. yeah. There you go. 
I have a plug, John. I, I remember right. what it was for. It was a Tuesday. That's why I asked you about Tuesdays. On Tuesday, August 22nd, it's the third annual Douglaston Bocce Invitation. <laughs> and I'm inviting anybody within earshot if they'd like to go. Now that's Italian. We start with barbecues and beers. and. And then we have a bocce tournament, and Invitation then we come and drink some more. He told me to take a half a day off of work to do this. Yeah, you have to take off from work. It's, yeah. It happens once a year. You have to take off Listen, from work. Listen, Ryan, let me tell you something. On your deathbed, I'm sure you're going to get up, and, and your yeah, last words are going to be, I wish I could have worked one more day. I have a plug, too. I got several plugs. Will which you be which bocce tournament? Are you in a rival bocce tournament? Are you coming, John? You should come. No, you're off on I'm Tuesday. at work. Oh, no, Tuesday? Tuesday? I'll come watch you play bocce. No, no, come. You come and join oh, us. Oh, I get to play? I'm yeah. in. Yeah, you're in. With my coach Dan Gable's going to show me the way. You get, free, you get one of way. these T-shirts. I'm wearing them right now. What is it, Ryan? Uh, watch uh, The Sinner on USA Network. It's the greatest show ever. Watch uh, Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later on Netflix. It's the greatest show ever. <laughs> and uh, go to your theaters and see Rebel in the Rye. It's the greatest movie ever. All of these movies uh, Ryan is uh, not working on, right? It's full no, disclosure. No, I just happen to be a fond... Uh, a fan. A uh, fond fan of these you're, shows. You're an admirer. Yes. From afar. Yes. Pete, you have anything to plug? Not at all. All right. To go you see. Come to go, lucky me. Go see Pete at the next fish count. No, dude. <laughs> it was cool and all, but. Yeah. You went, you liked it, you enjoyed it? I had fun because I was with a good group, but musically, it wasn't my thing. I think I've seen fish by accident a few times. Big shot to Josh <laughs> and <laughs> Peppy. You saw walleye by accident. I'm going to meet them later. I'm going to meet them later and do some nitrous balloons. Well, what is hey. Fish and Fishbone are <laughs> two different bands, cool. right? Makes you yes, Fish and yeah, Fishbone. Fishbone, Fishbone are like a ska band. Yes. Fishbone's way cooler. So I, went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to see the They're English. the black fellas, and the I other guys the are the white fellas. Yes. Very white. I went to see the English Beat one day, and then next thing I know, like the concert's over, and we're leaving. There's still hundreds of thousands of people there, and we didn't even realize Fishbone was the, uh, was the uh, real act. If I had a jam band, it would be called Caucasoid. Was that at the Ritz, Mario? <laughs> <laughs> it would. It no, that was at the Sony PlayStation, whatever it was called back oh. then. Yeah, I think I saw, saw uh, um, Fishbone open up for Public Enemy. Yeah, the Fishbone Ritz. are cool. Man. How about Human League? Have you ever seen that, Mario? Uh, no, I never did see not that. not my bag. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. <laughs> they got one song, right? Uh, at most. Yeah. yeah. Don't You Want Me, Baby? Is that yes, it? that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Don't you want me. me. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. We'll be back next week with Noel Monk, author of the book Running with the Devil. The story of when, you know, the good years in Van Halen when it was crazy. It's going to be nuts. Might be some special guests coming in for that one. I'll let you know. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. Yep. Yeah. No, I got nothing. I'm not playing. What's the music? Put it in the box.